to the uninitiated. That's the leading music for Near Perfect Pitch, and this is episode four. Delighted to be here, despite... Uh, well, let's, let's, let's give you an idea of chronologically where we are. Um, it's Wednesday, and it's uh, five past seven, at Eastern Standard Time, which has given me just enough time to watch the Europa League Cup final. Uh, rant and rave, wallow in a little bit of misery. Nip round uh, mum and dad's with my cousin who's visiting, scarf down some shepherd's pie, have a brew, arrive here, and I'm still thoroughly miserable. Um, we'll talk more about uh, what happened in Switzerland later, perhaps. Um, I'm going to do my level best to pretend and, uh, and fabricate that I'm absolutely ecstatic, happy to be here, playing a load of good tunes, and I only wish that I was uh, uh, celebrating the victory. Uh, but I'm not. 20 years ago, I'd probably be uh, still wallowing in a dark room. Now I'm, I'm, I'm a ripe old 49 years old and I'm, I'm, I'm still as immature, but uh, somehow managing to handle defeat a little bit more gracefully than I used to, even though it's still, uh, in relative terms, a little bit embarrassing. But anyway, I digress. Lots of stuff coming up this show. Of course, that's a teenage fan club in the background. That's always going to kick off the show because it's just... Uh, that kind of song. Uh, you can look forward to uh, the obligatory fall track. Uh, there's going to be some Catherine Wheel, uh, some Beat, New Fast Automatic Daffodils. Uh, for those of you who've been living under a rock and haven't heard the new Stone Roses, I'm going to play that again anyway. Uh, we alluded to some new Mull Historical Society uh, last week on the show, so I'm going to be playing some of that. Um, Morrissey coming up, some XTC. Uh, taking you way, way, way back uh, in honour of my cousin, some 10cc, uh, Real People. Uh, some more from uh, Steve Mason's new long player, uh, some high school works. Uh, our cover this week is by Baruch Assault, and uh, we'll be getting to some cast, some the the, some wooden tops, amongst other things. So uh, it's going to be a good uh, two, three hours for you. And uh, the pièce de résistance, as I say in my really poor accent. Um, we're going to have a nice chat with Matt from Dodgy, as promised last week. And uh, he's going to be chit-chatting about what he's been up to, um, uh, what uh, plans Dodgy have for the summer, uh, a new long player coming, and uh, some football banter in there as well, which is, which is always good, isn't it?
being the idiot that I am, I uh, woke up in the middle of the night last night on the way to the smallest room and did a marvellous job of uh, tripping over a piece of fluff and, and, and knackering my ankle, which uh, which serves a purpose, a perverse purpose, but it serves a purpose nonetheless. Uh, I'm not allowed to uh, prance around doing air guitar like I did a couple of weeks ago and have a, have a, a track skip as a result, so I'm firmly rooted to the chair. Um, that was Catherine Wheel from 1993, uh, and that is an absolute gem of a track. That's Broken Head. Uh, that's from, uh, from the Chrome LP. And... Uh, over the weeks forthcoming and hopefully years there's going to be a lot more uh, more Catherine Wheel that I'll be uh, sharing and, and, and playing for you uh, and before that we led things off with uh, with the K-Rock that's LA's alternative uh, FM radio station if you don't know that's the K-Rock version of, uh, of Morrissey's My Love Life from, from the K-Rock um, uh, CD single which was released a crackier lifetime ago um, so, uh, don't forget that uh, if you want to get in touch, you can send your requests to nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Uh, we are on the old Instagram at nearperfectpitch. We tweet on occasion at nearperfpitch on the old Twitter. And uh, the Facebook page, as you'd probably expect, is um, nearperfectpitch. Look it up, like it, follow us. Uh, and again, I'm using the plural, and by us, I mean me. Um, so, lots of stuff to, uh, to look forward to. Um, stay tuned, uh, and by that I mean keep listening, or you could conceivably forward wind or skip, as they say, because uh, this is a podcast. Uh, I, I, I treat it like it's a live radio program, but it is indeed a podcast. And uh, at the end of the show, there's going to be that wonderful chit-chat with uh, with Matt Priest from, from Dodgy, and... Uh, some laughs and uh, some frivolity along the way as well. So, coming up next, we're going to play some uh, some Popple Eat itself.
Give it time. That's the wooden tops. And that is from A World Away from 1986 on Rough Trade Records from the album Giant. And um, I've not listened to that for a long old while. And I'm glad I did. It's a top, top tune, is that? Love it. Um, we heard before that, um, we heard Cast from uh, 95 from their uh, from the debut, uh, John Power, ex Lowers, and... Uh, genuine uh, all-round top man and uh, he's got uh, there's a new cast record coming out I am led to believe they are on tour doing sporadic dates I think Alan McGee's following them around and I look forward to that and if you are interested in uh, John's solo work his uh, box set is available at a price that I would deem cheap as chips on uh, Amazon amazonca.com.co.uk.gunigugu it's on all of them and it's cheap and it's well worth it you get everything he's recorded as a solo artist and it's well worth well worth getting your hands on um, I did uh, bemoan the fact uh, that uh, Liverpool lost the Europa Cup final uh, largely by gifting it to, to Sevilla by uh, some profligate finishing and some some awful defending. Um, we might we might touch upon that in more detail when Eric uh, makes his usual uh, little visit here. He pops his head in to talk about football, moan about Arsenal, that type of thing. Uh, he's always more than welcome, and I think that he might be aided and abetted by uh, Simon Bevan. Not sure he's uh, he's the sort of uh, Ottawa. Uh, QPR hoops fanatic Mr Shepherd Bush himself so we'll be here hopefully with Eric in about half an hour um, so we did allude to the football and I'm going to do it because I mean this is a this is a football show in obviously in conjunction with a whole load of music uh, I'm trying I'm trying to make myself feel better uh, and um, at times like uh, times like this when I am feeling low only music can really heal the wounds that I have to have to contend with so I hope you like this one because I certainly do
from 83. That's the beat, or the English beat, as they're called, uh, on the North American side of the pond. That's Save It For Later, and that's from 1983. Blimey. Yep, 1983. Uh, and before that, we heard uh, a classic from uh, from High School Works. Uh, that is uh, an aptly named tune called Shit Creek. Love that one. Uh, coming up next, uh, I'm going to be playing something from the, the Mull Historical Society latest release, which uh, if you listened to last week's show, you would have uh, heard me witnessing that it had just been released in April, uh, on April the 8th. Uh, unbeknownst to me, it's a new record, so uh, I dutifully went and bought it this week, and I'll be playing a song for you from said album called Dear Satellite. You can uh, purchase the record from uh, mullhistoricalsociety.com. That is uh, Colin McIntyre. Uh, that's his site. He is uh, he is Mull Historical Society, and uh, he's just one of those one of those artists that... Uh, has never ever let me down and I'm, I must admit that I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that there was a new album uh, until I stumbled upon it last week when I was doing some uh, some googling uh, for you lot so anyway the, the song that we're going to hear is from Dear Satellite the, the latest record and um, it's uh, a song called um, what's it called? Uh, Sleepy Hollow <laughs>
listen to um, the previous three shows you'll uh, probably have fast noticed that I just tend to play what I want when I want uh, and I don't really do any planning 
Uh, and I think that's abundantly clear. Uh, but when it comes to um, uh, the calendar and and the uh, the age of songs, I, I, I unwittingly perhaps have brought, brought a lot of stuff from 1983 because that, that's another one. That's uh, that's Matt Johnson uh, from this the official, I suppose, second LP of uh, of his, uh, being that the first one went under his uh, under his name. Uh, the the from uh, from Soul Mining, and that's uh, this is the day, and again 19. 19- 83, which is, um, it was a good year. I got my cousin here and he was just reminiscing about it. And he says, yeah, you should play some big country. So I think I'll play some big country next week. Uh, I think that is uh, very in keeping uh, with uh, the kind of stuff that's been going on of late. Um, and I forgot to mention earlier, um, my wife's cousin's husband, um, who has become a mate and he's a lovely man, uh, Dave, listens to the podcast out, uh, out in the black country. And there's two songs specifically for him this week. Uh, I'll get some Drenge on for you next week, Dave. I've just got to dig it out, as it were. Plus, I'd already sort of uh, grabbed my CDs for this week a few days ago. But uh, the RSVP track, the uh, the Pop Will Eat Itself number, um, being it's from that neck of the woods. Uh, and uh, that's dedicated to Dave. Uh, uh, in as much as the, uh, the beat, uh, Save It For Later, my favourite beat tune. Uh, and that is uh, dedicated to Dave. As well, so uh, Dave listens religiously, and if I could get T-shirts made, made uh, rather, I would I would say, be like Dave, uh, like us on Facebook near Perfect Pitch, follow us on Twitter at uh, near Perth Pitch, Instagram has given me more characters so I can be near Perfect Pitch, uh, and uh, what am I missing? Oh, the email for requests near Perfect Pitch at gmail uh, That's the that's the uh, the handle by which to get me. Um, I was uh, very, very uh, pleased to find out earlier uh, this week that um, there's, a, there's a DVD that's uh, available to order from Heavenly Films, Heavenly Records. It's an offshoot of the, the Heavenly label, uh, Jeff Barrett's label, um, home to the likes of uh, St. Etienne, uh, amongst others. Um, anyway, um, they've released something which was limited edition, uh, and it went on sale. I'm trying to figure out what day it is. Two days ago. And there's a limited pressing of it. Anyway, it's a DVD entitled Lawrence of Belgravia. And it's all about uh, Lawrence from from Felt, uh, his go-kart Mozart, his, uh, his denim, his all his iterations, really. A, a fascinating chap who never really made it. Uh, and I'll get into that uh, more in, in future shows because uh, Lawrence's story is, is ongoing and, and it's very, very intricate and very, very detailed and, and very interesting. Um, but I did play some felt last week, I seem to remember. So that kind of fills that gap. But I'm not sure if they've all sold out or not. But if you are a felt fan, uh, a denim fan or a uh, go-kart Mozart fan, all, all Lawrence, uh, you can get it from heavenlyfilms.net. Uh, the DVD is, uh, well, they're purporting it to be multi-region, so if you do buy it uh, in North America and you live in this neck of the woods, uh, you can, I'm told, play it on your uh, on your system without there being an issue. Anyway, Lawrence of Belgravia, snag your copy, because there aren't that many. That's at heavenlyfilms.net. And uh, I've been uh, threatening to play this song for a long time, and I'm finally getting around to it. It's our mandatory full track of the week. So what if it goes all right? Uh, say, say it works out real good. Would you be up, up to doing this sort of things, say, around like March, April, if we could get it? I'd like to take it to Liverpool and Manchester and uh, places like that, you know. 
You'd have me until April the 20th. Yeah, you've got work on from there. Yeah, I'm going to Australia to do a show.
I don't think many of you out there would be able to rattle off the last three that I played because they are quite uh, quite spaced in terms of their release dates. That was uh, from 1974. I was, uh, well, I was too young to be buying records, that's for sure, but that's 10cc Manchester, uh, Manchester band. Uh, uh, and... Uh, they were called uh, artsy-fartsy. They were called uh, many, many things, obviously giving rise to the likes of uh, Godly and Cream's uh, career over the years, which started in the late 70s, but really flourished with uh, with the Christ single, which came out in the 80s, which repopularised them. Uh, 10cc, steady output of work, and uh, one of my favourites. So uh, you'll hear more from them uh, forthcoming, as you'd probably expect. Uh, and before that, we heard... Um, what did we hear? We heard The Fall, didn't we? Yeah, it was the fall. It was from uh, from 1987, and that's uh, the B side. That's the B side of the week, and that is a gem of a track called "Australians in Europe." Uh, and Marky e. Smith, not pulling any punches as, as you'd probably expect him not to, uh, really letting them get it in the neck. Our, our friends, the Australians. So, um, any of you listening out there, I apologise, but uh, you you know how he is. He's never happy, is he? And uh, we also heard uh, from 1990, New Fast Automatic, Daffodils. So that was a hat-trick. That was a quick Manchester, Manchester, uh, quick-fire hat-trick there for you. Uh, what, Marcus Rashford for you, maybe? I don't know. Um, so uh, in keeping with Manchester, I reckon we'll keep, we'll keep going and uh, turn that hat-trick into uh, a four, a, du- a double brace, whatever you call four.
sure which uh, members of Stone Roses are going through a messy divorce but um, when we saw John Cleese uh, I don't know, last year or the year before he made it uh, he made it known very very clear from inception that he was uh, doing this tour uh, this comedic tour uh, an inside look into the world of John Cleese if you like and uh, a bit of stand-up bit of history slideshow the whole thing and he made no bones about the fact that he was uh, he was in it because uh, he'd just gone through a messy divorce and and uh, in in his own terms he was main- he was maintaining that uh, he was categorically skint so uh, i'm pretty sure that the four lads in, in in the roses aren't skint but that's an okay song let's be honest it, it's 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 a good song but it's it's uh, it's no more than that and i'm hoping that uh, with uh, some more output they can try and at least come within touching distance of of uh, of, of the first album proper any material from that if they can come within sniffing distance of that then I'll be happy but uh, that one is a little bit lacking methinks but uh, anyway in keeping with a, a little bit of a theme so we've gone uh, from a hat trick of Manchester songs to a, a bonus fourth uh, and then we're going to go uh, 35 miles down the road to, to Liverpool and listen to some uh, uh, the real people and uh, for those of you that don't know, I mean, some of you are, that are listening are uh, music aficionados, some are uh, hobbyists, some uh, probably have this in the background while they're doing the cooking, I don't know. But uh, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Um, but the real people, they were the ones that uh, gave rise to uh, uh, Noel and Liam and, and uh, the, the demo sessions that were recorded uh, in the studios and gave rise to a little band uh, from Burnage called, called Oasis. So they have their own little unique niche, little part of history that they've carved out for themselves by virtue of their, uh, uh, their Oasis relationship. Talking to me and turn off the tally. There's people in the washing machine. Can you hear what they're saying? They got a message from the man on the moon. He says he's coming for me real soon. I'm scared. What's on the outside? Although there's not much there. It's just a little sunshine. People in a tatty, they're jumping at the TV screen If you know what I mean I turn off the tatty, there's people in the washing machine Can you hear what they're singing? They got a message from the man on the moon He says he's coming for me real soon I'm scared What's on the outside? Although there's not much there 
she's not an animal. She's made that perfectly clear. That's Baruka Salt with a Sex Pistols cover. From 95, B-side to uh, number one blind. And that's on the old Minty Fresh uh, record label. They're about as uh, British as as NASCAR. But, uh, you know, the, the content, the cover, that, that satiates the criteria for a, for a decent cover version. Um, before that, we heard uh, Real People, uh, The Real People. Uh, from Liverpool, and that's from 1996, from their uh, What's on the Outside record. If you want a load of their stuff, you can just go to their uh, their band page, and they are selling all their uh, past material. They've got some lovely compilations and some uh, some outtakes and demos and live stuff there. So if you missed them first time around, you're not going to miss them uh, indefinitely because you can get uh, all the stuff that uh, the likes of me have been hoarding for years. You can get them quite readily now uh, on their own site. Um, What's coming up next? Oh, yeah, yeah, this is for Rob. It's for my mate Rob. Hope you enjoy it, mate.
that's for Rob, <laughs> my old neighbour, bless his heart. And uh, oh, I tell you what, that was an even, even bit bonus beats there. Eric has stopped by, <laughs> but regrettably, he stopped by without any baked goods. <laughs> but baked goods. I was expecting baked goods. Oh. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put up with Eric here, just his banter without without any sustenance. It looks like Simon from, uh, well Simon is a uh, bit of email breakdown. I think I, I think I might have. Um, we'll sort it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll promise to get Simon here. Um, maybe even under duress, we might have to do something radical because <laughs> he, he's he's a he's a football brain and he's, he, he's he knows baited. he knows his championship inside out. So we'd like to get Simon on here to be able to uh, to fill fill you all in as it were. So. I've not even spoken to you at all after that, the shenanigans. That did you watch the game? I'm assuming you did. Uh, this afternoon. Yeah. So yeah, uh, I saw the uh, the the. What well, the gift giving ceremony? The nutmegging of. You mean the goal direct from a kickoff nutmeg two people and so, yeah. Anyway, yeah. The, the least said about it, the better. So. Um, I figured you didn't really want to talk about no, it. No, no. I'm even still sporting the shirt. I haven't had time to, to even sort of really recover yeah. or uh, or wait. Nab my cousin sitting here who's uh, been diligently watching me twiddle the knobs here as it were. I saw from just before Sturridge scored until just after the offside goal went well. I tell you what, I tell you what, you you very rarely see a game that that, that epitomizes the old adage of game of two halves. Yeah. Anyway, that game never that that game never happened, okay? So someone's just got a text. That was me. (laughs) I'm popular. Okay. Um, was it I hope it's anything something to do perhaps with, with baked goods on en route? Uh, no, probably not. Probably not. So let's talk about, um, well, being that, being that Simon's not here, um, it's down to you and I. Now let's, now let's put the world to rights, shall we? And uh, let's discuss this England team, shall oh, we? Oh, but wait, there's so, much, there's so much funny to talk about before we get on to... Oh, no, listen, no, no, listen, listen, listen. You see, he's sitting here as an Arsenal fan, <laughs> gloating, like he can actually see... Like his, his his facial color has changed. But it was he's so got an air of, He's got an air of arrogance about him that is just 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 it's sickening. And and the reason is, of course, is that uh, the false dawn that Tottenham thought they were about to witness we didn't was know categorically that. taken away from them. And and even I was watching it, watching the people at the Emirates with, with you know watching the goals going up at St James's. I've I've been in situations like that, and it is nice. But you're just plain mean, is what you are. We didn't know that St. Totteringham was going to visit this year. And he left it super, super late. No, but the thing is, he always comes. He does. It's as, as sure as the sun to, comes in the morning. To those Saint uninitiated, could yes. you share with us the, the, the meaning behind uh, the saintly day that you celebrate on a, a, every May, essentially, or even even sometimes in April? And, and twice in Do, March? Twice in March, okay. Yes. okay. That was an invincible season. This so. show is not for you to no, gloat. I, I, I realise that. Even but, though it's, even though it's really hard But I think just for even as, a, as, a, as for you watching it from a more neutral perspective, you could not have found... That more, th- how that ended, uh, um, well, more hilariously. So, so, so the Saint Hotteringham visits Arsenal fans every year um, for the past, certainly for the past twenty-one years straight, 
um, where it is on the day that uh, it is no longer possible for Tottenham Hotspur to overtake us in this, or finish ahead of us in the standings. And uh, the the table once again. Um, table doesn't lie. Okay, doesn't enough lie. gloating. And You've yes, explained so, what it is. So essentially, yeah. he's he's happy as Larry because he, he finished second, fully expecting third, possibly even fourth. Uh, it's just an amazing amazing capitulation upon a upon a, upon a part of Spurs. They needed three points from four matches oh, yeah. to finish second, and uh, they, they did they did in four games what we did in about fifty minutes today. And I loved Pochettino's apology after the match. How he apologized to their wives. See, see, see you, and, you, you, you've and really their family. <laughs> it was bizarre. I was hoping you could exercise some restraint, but that that was that was an unequivocal apology, the likes of which yeah. I've never seen. Because the only thing he, he didn't really mention was extended family members and work colleagues. Or goodness knows, far-flung relatives, Old classmates. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, those he, who signed my yearbook, and and well, it was it was really quite apparent that he yeah. was he was incandescent. He was absolutely livid. Well, he was he was massively let down by his players. Yeah, he was. Say. And but but having said that, I mean, you look at Newcastle and you think to yourself, "Crikey, what what, what happened? What happened? Yeah, where was that? Well, yeah, where's that been? <laughs> well, certainly wasn't anywhere uh, in the vicinity of of Steve McLaren. But I anyway. think there was some divine. Saintly intervention there. Saint, Tot- it, it, Saint Tot- Tottenham was probably was in the northeast at the same time because you know that that saint is omnipresent. It, it it's true. doesn't hold a physical form. So, just what, 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 the one last thing on oh, it was just that we had more. No, 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 no. It's not even to gloat anymore. All it's right. just sort of that there was a lot of there because there was a lot of uh, feedback the next day. A lot of a lot of headlines of and 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 you know comments from from people saying that you know like oh arsenal shouldn't be too happy about celebrating second place oh, and, yeah, yeah, and you know yeah. first and foremost we want to win the league just like every other football club out there and and uh, i give him too much airtime don't when I? that's when that's when that's done um you know we can't you know like there are days that sort of are self-contained and as a football fan, you just enjoy them. And so if you can't enjoy that anymore, what's the point in watching football? You know, I mean, it's the same thing as a derby day for you in, 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 in Merseyside. You know, you guys could both... Okay, listen. So, so you, you, you've got... You've, you're gloating. You're in turbo drive. And, and kudos to you because it was a capitulation and, and you... And again, another another anomaly. I mean, a Giroud hat trick. I mean, the whole the whole world span <laughs> off where, its axis. Where was that? Yes, exactly. So there are a lot of things that were you know eminently missing for the yeah. whole season that, that that ended up surfacing. Let's just say I've been gloomy the last three or four visits or two, two or th- first couple of visits on the podcast. You've not been so, gloomy. I put yeah. you on the spot to there's explain lot, things. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of down. So you know, I had, I had to I had to enjoy the one. The well, one there you are. So you so you ended rather well. Yeah. And um, I did want to mention that. Uh, this is related to you because it's kind of related to baked goods. Um, uh, I'm making a uh, I'm making a point of uh, everyone that I interview. Uh, I have a thing for biscuits. I'm quite fond of biscuits, and by biscuits I don't mean that crap that they serve in Alabama with with gravy and whatever they call them and grits yeah. and all that nonsense. I'm talking about proper biscuits. Oh yes, I saw you posted on Facebook. A little, well, yeah, uh, well exactly. So, table of so there's now there's now the near perfect biscuit tin, and. Um, I'm asking uh, everyone I talk to 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 name their favourite bicky. So so thus far we've we've got we've got a, a league table of sorts, and that's on the, on the Facebook page, which you can uh, join, like, follow, worship, be a sycophant, be whatever you want. Um, but if you've got a near perfect pitch, you'll see that there's there's rich tea, digestive, chalky digestive, hobnob, chalky hobnob, uh, ginger, bourbon, nice or nice, always called them nice, nab, nice or nice. 
He's, he's pleading the fifth. Custard cream, uh, the famous Garibaldi, shortbread, uh, and uh, and uh, the fig roll, which is which is the marmite of all biscuits. It's either <laughs> you love them or they become something for the cat. Um, so thus far, we've got Pat Fish uh, from Jazz Butcher. Uh, he likes his chalky hobnobs. We've got Matt Priest, who made me uh, add something which I wasn't planning on having as a category or a, or a biscuit. We're talking about biscuits, isn't this great? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, anyway, he, um, he wanted shortbread, so Matt, Matt's in there with a shortbread. And then Pete McLeod says he's got a mate called Gary who's bald, and he went with Garibaldi. <laughs> Straight up. That was his reasoning. <laughs> he wanted Garibaldi. So you can, uh, you can see the, the, uh, the chart, which will change and, and you know, morph every week as, as I talk to more and more people. We're going to see. Uh, well, it's going to be quite exciting. Well, to you'll see, put uh, me down for uh, the chalky hobnobs. Oh, chalky hobnobs, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to do an interview Make first. Videos. Well, oh, I suppose I you get interviewed right. on a weekly basis. So, um, on the Facebook page too. Um, the ah, yes, the Weebles. Yes. So let's have a let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a look at uh, let's have a look at uh, uh, at the England squad. Um, so I've got about as much faith in Roy as I, as I do myself being well, an astrophysicist. A, um, but but he's picked a legless team. Yeah, so let's look at it. We got, we, we got, yeah, he's got, he's got none of the players have actually got uh, lower limbs, which is quite disturbing yeah. in this in this particular little. Uh, he seems uh, to have left their pelvic area, know, all, which all, should serve them well. Ana- anatomy aside, we've got Fraser Forster, we've got Joe Hart, and we've got Tom Heaton. And at the end of the day, I'm not that asked because uh, Hart is number one. Uh, he's he's the likelihood of him getting injured in a number two or number three coming in was slim to nil. Yeah. So, to me, that is a, is almost redundancy. It was um, good. probably I guess Jack Butlin would have. Uh, yeah, he would have been there had he not had that uh, yeah. that what looked like something rather innocuous turned into something quite quite lengthy and quite serious. Ending, yeah. yeah. So, let's look at the defence. We've got uh, we've got our mate uh, Ryan Bertrand. Uh, we got uh, we've got Cahill. And we've got Klein. He's got he's got a bit of wheels, although he didn't uh, didn't demonstrate an awful lot of that today. Uh, and then we've got uh, we've got uh, Spurs on each uh, on each uh, side here. We've got Carl Walker and Danny Rose. Then we've got uh, Chris Smalling, and we've got John Stones. Um, do you think there are any glaring omissions there? Uh, not a not a not a not a back. I can't. I can't. I mean, uh, there's there's the, there's the odd uh, lunatic that wants to start bringing players back from retirement uh, yeah uh, and a lot of people you know the john stone separates the camps uh, quite quite readily too because uh, playing in an everton team that isn't really a, a defensive team you're not going to get an awful lot of uh, uh, defensive coaching from from martinez uh who's not there anymore but uh, you know he's, he's not renowned for that uh, and also i mean he's left he's, he's a defender that, that can bring the ball out he can play granted he's a bit naive but if you're doing that for, for Everton, there's not an awful lot of option ahead of you. So you could get caught with your trousers down, which he has done on a couple of occasions, uh, largely due to there being no options for him. However, I don't want him practicing or trying that uh, uh, come the tournament. So uh, it, it might be the making of him. You never know. It's, he might not even play, it, for, for all I know. Uh, yeah. It's, I mean, you'll, you'll, I assume Cahill and Smalling start. And well, you'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think so. I mean, it's going to really be really probably Rose and Walker, and with Klein getting a match or two. Yeah, well, Walker was uh, well, Walker's really split opinion as well. To be honest, uh, he's, he's a fiery, fiery bugger. But uh, he's, he's had a, he's had a good last few games. He's got momentum. So, I mean, Liverpool player Nathaniel Klein, uh, he's not really 
He's I thought he did all right today from what I, I saw, he but he did okay. But you he, can't. There were too many other passengers for him to. He didn't serve. So he didn't beat one man. He got the crosses across, but he wasn't. He wasn't actually taking anybody on. Um, so it's, it's it's really quite hard to find fault with that. To be frank, I, I think the the, the major. Chit chat points. Prob- I think it probably picked itself. The, 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 well, it's the a matter of availability and yeah. form. And, and Roy, you know, who, who who sometimes actually does staggering things in terms of his selection. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be an awful lot of contention about about the goalkeeping and, and the defence. But this is when opinion goes mental when, when we start talking about uh, midfield and, and, and attack, right? So um, it's hard. It's hard to even uh, imagine omitting Dali Ali. He's a Spurs player. We know that, but you'd love to see him. In, in, you'd love to see him at the Emirates. He's, he's a tidy, a, he's a, tidy he's a, he's footballer. He's a good footballer. He's quite good at that. Yeah, and we look at. Uh, let's look at. Uh, Hopefully, he keeps his head during the. Uh, well, that's it. I that's mean, it. That, that's probably his weakness at the moment. But he's what twenty and. Well, let's look at Spurs. So they've got Deli Ali, right? Mm. And they've got Dyer. Dyer is he's turned into a player that is kind of singular. That there's no one in that midfield that could like for like replace Dyer. So if he were injured. Uh, you're not going to get anything that remotely resembles him in front of the back four. No. But uh, in my ignorance, actually, when's the last time he was injured? He's not, he's not, he's not been injured all season this season. No. And they, I can't, I can't remember him being out for any any long amount of time in the, in the last three seasons. So hopefully that, that, will, that will remain the case. Um, Fabian Delph, how many minutes has he played? Uh, didn't he play more... Wasn't he injured? For where I'm going, no, no, he was sitting. He just where, sat on the bench. Yeah, where I'm going yeah. with that is not much. No. <laughs> uh, and, and, and similarly, Raheem Sterling, another. Uh, where him, was he at the last half of the season? Really? Well, so someone someone emailed me a stat yesterday, and and I I think it holds water. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but well, he's counting his money. That was it. Well, yes. they were saying uh, <laughs> that that uh, Raheem Sterling was starting for every single one of City's losses this year, and he didn't play much more than those. So uh, that forty million quid's looking quite, quite, quite a good bit of business, to be frank. Um, so Delph, I, I find a little bit stunning to be there, uh, and you've got a guy like Noble. So this is what's caused a lot of friction. It is Mark Noble has grossly overachieved, and, and that that could be misconstrued. He might he might have reached the heights that he should have been reaching in the last three or four seasons, but he's had a, he's had a great second half of the season, whereas Fabian Delph hasn't kicked a football. So that, I find that a little bit strange. Uh, I wouldn't even have Jordan Henderson in my start in eleven for Liverpool. Never mind. And, and that that sounds quite That's, harsh. Yeah. But um, we don't need a headless chicken. Uh, Milner, I can see. Uh, Lalana, I can see. Although the last two matches I saw Milner playing, he was having. He really was not tracking the players that he was. Well, you don't, you don't know. Again, when it's England, you don't know what Roy has told him to do. Yeah. And and I'm quite sure Roy doesn't even know what he's told him to do. <laughs> but th- that's a whole other topic altogether. But Andrus Townsend seems to, regardless of his club form, he doesn't play badly for England. And he's got that he's got that uh, patented move when he moves in, bangs it on his left foot, and more often than not, it's on target, or he's at least making the goalie work. So, and he's got he's got some pace. He can shoot from distance, and he can take on a man. So, I've got no issue with that. Wilshire, well, here's another bone of contention. Again, do you go on form or do you go on who they are? Because that argument applies entirely to Wayne Rooney. So sure. the same argument applies to Jack. If he's fit, again, I've got no way of knowing. Uh, the England, uh, the England crack training team, I'm sure, will put him through his paces. If he's fit, fantastic. If he's not, 
you, the likes of you and I aren't going to know if he's fully fit or not. No, and a couple. Of, I mean, he only had the start this weekend and and uh, uh, a couple of appearances, and he had a full. I want to say 90, but clo- or close to 90 with the uh, under 21. Well, clearly the the three warm-up games are, are gonna one. are gonna change yeah. in terms of pecking order. But yeah. we're looking at what we've been dealt in terms of the squad here. So Jack, I can see being there. Townsend, I can. Sterling, Sterling's going on reputation alone, which I, t- I, I tend to take umbrage with. Uh, Milner, uh, if for nothing else. His dogged determination, and he does what he's told. He's, he's a consummate professional. He'll you run, it, he'll run senior, his backside off. Senior players, That's so. exactly it. So he's got some seniority there that can help steady the ship. Lalana, if he's played in the right position, no issue at all. Henderson, not overly sure. Uh, and I suspect that uh, he'll be on his way from uh, from Anfield this summer if uh, the rumblings I hear of any, any semblance of truth attached to them. And Drinkwater has played out of his skin this year, and I think he's earned a place. Uh, Danny Drinkwater, uh, you know, a season ago, you'd have laughed your backside off. Yeah. But he's just not played a bad game of football no. all year. So, uh, fair play to him. Delph, Delph, I do have issue with, and I think Barkley, he got to give you got to give a lad at least a, at least a one start in, in the warm up to see to see the stuff he's made of because it's hard to gauge his uh, well his ability and. Uh, what he's going to give you based upon just the sorry state of affairs that Everton have been in, in the, especially in the last few weeks. I mean, he's not really been given a forum to express himself. So uh, it's a tricky one, that, but I'd certainly have him there. So for me, it's uh, it's Sterling and, and, and Henderson and, and Delph that uh, could quite possibly... Uh, well, it irks me, yeah. but, but to, who, would, who, would, who would come in? I mean, we've talked about Mark Noble. It's been picked over. There's a there's an absence of Theo Walcott there now. There's I mean, no, he's no. his form has been poor and he's know, not, he's not played he either. A, he's he he needs a change of scenery, I think. Well, and, he's gone. And, him uh, and, and I'm pretty sure him and Chamberlain will be sold from Arsenal. Are you are you getting the same kind of vibes or what? I mean, yes. Wenger obviously protects the players as long as they're wearing the kit, and he's not going to say one way or the other. Uh, I think he did come out to say about Chamberlain, saying that you know they've put a lot of uh, uh, put a lot into the player in, tr- in development, and uh, and they want to see that realized. Um, but that's, I don't that's, know whether or not he will realize that's that. That's the it ideal frustra- it, was a, it was a pretty frustrating season, and not just injury wise, but I mean, uh, you know, performance wise. He kicked off with the charity shield and scored that goal. And you thought, okay, here we go. Here's the season, and, yeah. and uh, so, just, so, didn't, so just didn't go anywhere from there. But in, in Theo, your in your I mind, mean, is is he fit at the minute? Chamberlain. No, oh, uh, sorry. the ox. Is he, is he fit? No, he had a setback in training. Okay, and, so so that's uh, moot. So it, it is moot. It's ter- in terms of his selection for England, was was moot. And, uh, and, and Walcott is, uh, regardless of whether he's fit or, or whatever, he doesn't deserve to be there. He's no. just not doing the business. And uh, you just keep thinking. It's been a long time. I keep thinking of him as being a young lad. He's not a young lad anymore. Twenty-seven. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I feel bad for him because you know I think he was picked. He was picked far too early in that first tournament. Uh, when he was 16 years old, mm. and uh, he's not really—he was, you know, last uh, uh, for the for the World Cup, you know, which might have been the season that you know he would have suited England best and did well in, in yeah. the other, in the games that he did play for England. But he missed the tournament. England's due to the, not due England's to the, not been not done him any favors. To no, but they but but he was injured with the uh, the uh, MCL um, injury that uh, ACL. 
um, that, not, that summer. So he was out, and you know, and he's that's never just recaptured his form, has he? Or no, a long enough run anyway to, to be able to but it's, take it's, a climb. It's his, it's his, it's his constant belief that he's a centre forward, and he's just. You just can't be. I mean, I don't know. I, I, that, that, I, I have to disagree with you on that because the times I've seen him play, it's, which which really have been, uh, you can count on one hand the, the, the amount of minutes he's, he's been afforded to, to play. But and this we could rage on with this yeah. debate. But I just think he's suited for the wing, and that's and that's. Uh, and we, but but there, but there the problem is he doesn't track back well. No, he's, so. he's no no he's a luxury player because he will not chase anyone down the wing, and, yeah. and, he, and he can't which tackle. Which is ridiculous. And he can't tackle either. No. So. Um, Forwards, well, let's be Spoils honest. Spoils for choice. Well, we are spoiled for choice. Let's let's start with the young lad there who uh, who has, doesn't even shave yet. You, you've got to take Rashford, right? I mean, I, I've got about as much love for for, for Rashford as I have for Mussolini, but he's he's banging he's banging the goals in, uh, and uh, if he's there on the bench, I'm happy to have him there. No. you can't not have Harry Kane, can you? Uh, you, you just can't golden boot winner I you can't. suppose and, and Vardy when you've got that uh, if you've got the players who can uh, play like Leicester and, and, and get the balls over the top there's going to be a lot of defences that are not going to have a prayer if he's the recipient of the right ball so I'm all over Vardy being there Sturridge's goal today was the only highlight of, 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 a, of a pretty damp squid affair that, that goal he, he scored today he had, yes, no, bus- he had, very well he had no business scoring that goal yeah. It was, a, it was a phenomenal goal. On his day, when he's fit and he's motivated and, he, and he's loved and he feels a part of the team, yeah. he'll deliver for you. I, I, and then, of course, this is the biggest, biggest thing of all, is we're talking false nine, we're talking number 10, we're talking striker, we're talking fitness, we're talking ability, we're talking track record, we're talking deity in the eyes of Roy. It's Wayne Rooney. I've got my cousin over here, Man United fan. Yeah. Should Wayne be on the plane? Train, plane, no. bus... No. Nay, nay, and thrice nay. We have it from a Man United <laughs> bring, bring fan. Bring on Andy Carroll, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This is a uh, having a conversation with, with my cousin about it about about Andy Carroll. Look at the strikers we've got there. That they can that, just wait a second, just just because this is a topic of debate that I'm sure is going to be polarising. But we all know that, that that Kane and Vardy and Sturridge can play with the ball at their feet, yeah. right? We all know that Rashford is a similar type of player to I'd probably say. Uh, Sturridge, and I think he's got he's got a he's got a spring in his step too. He's got a bit of pace in his locker as well. At the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if Rashford doesn't get on for more than you know five minutes at the end of games. Or well, that's where I'm going is because you you know you know realistically, and even for Roy, you know it's going to be Kane, Vardy, or Sturridge are going to be the main man at the top. Uh, as to what he does with Rooney, if you're playing Rooney as number ten, what are you going to do with that midfield? Exactly. Exactly, and also, isn't Deli Ali your number ten? I would, I would expect Deli Ali to be number ten. So, so that that baffles me as to where Rooney's plays because he hasn't got the pace and he's and he's and he's uh, he's not the finisher he used to be. He's still a very very good player. Do not get me wrong, no. but uh, we've got we've got uh, Kane and, and Sturridge and Vardy ahead of him as, as, as strikers, and I'd hasten to say even Rashford. So, is there room for a number ten? He can't play on the wing. He can't hold. Does he care? Is he committed? Well, of course he bloody is. Yeah. But Roy, Roy just the hasn't got the room, maybe for the tournament. Well, yeah, maybe he's in the dressing room, but again, it's 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 a place. Yeah. So as Nab Nab said back there about about Andy Carroll, you know the old head on a stick. He nah, contains nah, the quit. dimension of the match. Well, that's it. So I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's ten minutes left, fifteen minutes left. You're under the cosh. Yeah. You're playing a team that's really hard to break down. They're parking the bus. So would it have made more sense then 
for Carroll over Rashford? Um, th- that's another another, another issue, yeah. absolutely. But uh, again, I, th- I think you and I are realists, and we think that you know the only way Rashford's really going to get on is if uh, we have injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you're going to bring on a Rashford to, to salvage a game because he's similar to the players you existingly have. Carroll can change it up a bit. Yeah. And to be fair, uh, purists don't like uh, that, that kind of football, but he's been, uh, in the last, the last eight games for, for West Ham, he's been a revelation in terms of, even if he's not directly involved with the play, he's taking two and three defenders with him. Uh, and he's causing havoc and he's creating space. And whatever niggling injuries he had, Prior, he seems to have shaken them off in this last run of form, and, and that's know, staggering because yeah. he's, this is the longest run he's had, I, I think. Because I mean, you probably you'll probably be uh, grounded by a hangnail tomorrow or something. <laughs> but 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 as it stands right now, he's, he's got a run of form. It'll be just his luck to get picked, yeah. and then then blow something in training or or get uh, raked in the turkey game or something like that, and and be out. But I, I really do think that that that, that Wayne Rooney shouldn't be going, and, and a lot of people think that's just because I'm a Liverpool fan, but. I, I, I just want the best. I want the best players. I want the best formation, and I want the best malleability because your squad's got to change, and your formation and your shape's got to change. Yeah, and not I just being able to change your shape is really what's. Yeah, and and we've got a team for the first time I can remember that actually has pace from front to back. Mm-hmm. You know, we can actually uh, break at speed. And Rooney, when I've seen him play for United, he tends to slow down the play. Defenders get back, and then you've got to start breaking them down again. Yeah, I'd also, you know, looking at the midfield, it's it's. Would you would you would you agree that it's maybe one dimensional in the midfield? It's a lot of the same type of players. Well, the only width width is is, is a rare commodity in yeah. football nowadays. I mean, to and have maybe an, it's that width the lack of width perhaps is what the you know not seeing Andy Carroll fitting in. There's Townsend. He's, he can whip it in. Sure. But but having said that, we've got enough we've got enough talent at uh, at left and right back to be able to swing balls in for mm-hmm. him. And let's be honest, if Carroll is playing, he's playing for twenty minutes. Or, yeah. or goodness knows if, it, if there's extra time it's a momentary or, or whatever it is. The, so, yeah, and, it, and, it's, and it'll be because we absolutely have to because we've got to score a goal, whether it's to, to equalise or, to, or, to, or to, yeah. to score the winner, what have you. So it's, it's, it's not a bad team. Uh, and really, I mean, dis, despite, despite the issues that we've been contending and discussing, uh, I never have optimism as an England fan going into a tournament. I mean, I've learned that, that I've learned that lesson, that cruel lesson over the years. Uh, so, With so the amount of Spurs players on that side, I'm I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty happy. I'm not an England listen, supporter. You're not allowed to gloat anymore. You're, you're, no, a, no, the, no. The, I wasn't even as a dig. I just don't want to have okay. to be. You know, it's one of those cases where you have to back the players that you don't button. that you spend all that you spend all year uh, uh, seething over. So. So let's just say, as a viable option, we've got Carroll, but there's not an awful lot else that you can really chuck into that mix. But the forward, the forward debate melds into the midfield debate, whereby Rooney is kind of half-half. No. And which one does he apply to, or is he non-applicable? Uh, and that really does divide opinion. I mean, if you listen to the likes of Talk Sport and, and, uh, and, and its ilk, it, it seems to be just the ongoing debate. And... Uh, no one's really rationalising it uh, in terms of football, well, as opposed to emotion. Who, who, uh, who are your forwards for for Brazil uh, two years ago? Ahead of, along with Rooney. Forwards for Brazil. When you were in, in oh, in the at the tournament at Brazil. It's <laughs> bloody good question. Who's that? Sturridge, Sturridge was da- there. Danny was in the squad, but who Sturridge else was there? Was Raheem, Sturridge. There was no Kane, there was no Vardy. Who was up there? 
I'm gonna have to Google it. Yeah, yeah I've got memory like a sieve anyway. <laughs> um, so, so it's not bad. Just, it's, it's just it's it's you know you're you're really bringing Rooney along as as a as a midfielder there, you know, as that number ten role that you know. If you just if you just look at the midfield, right? You look at the midfield and you say, there's going to be a hundred meter sprint here, right? Mm-hmm. There are no dogs in that midfield. There's there's nobody that could that, that, that would embarrass themselves over a sprint, right? No. And if you look at the forwards, the common thread there is not just ability and, and, and control, but, but, but speed seems to be the lowest common de- denominator there. I mean, granted, Sturridge has got limited speed. It's in short bursts, but he's capable of it. But, but Vardy, Rashford and Kane, uh, they can run for fun, especially Vardy. And then there's Rooney, who, in comparison, granted, he could kick my backside running 100 metres, but in comparison... He's sloth-like. Well, he's, he's, he's the roundest one there. Well, he does look quite rotund in that picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it does look like he's got uh, got about half a stone there's no, on there's no, there's no, uh, There's no light gap between the arms and the... Uh, no, and the, and the uh, you, if you just have got the Facebook page and look at it, you'll know what we're talking about. He does look rather spherical on, on, on the... Uh, on the little icon that he's got there. So we put the world to rights there with a bit, a bit of football. It's, it's not a bad team, it really isn't. And I'm just going to go there with my, with, with, with my jaded approach as usual and just see what happens because there are banana skin after banana skin after banana skin. It'd be cool. We could do. I mean, there, there's definitely a not, there's definitely, you know, no clear favorite for the tournament. Uh, I, no, I don't it's think it's so either. It's going to be a pretty competitive tournament. I think it'd be we, you know maybe as it approaches, we can do a a, a preview podcast episode looking at some of the other sides what, what, uh, well we've got to get simon in here haven't we yeah yeah i'm trying to get uh, a couple of other lads i'm trying to get older grobler i don't know where he is he disappeared there were some there were some probably surprising omissions today from, there were some surprising omissions from the spanish yeah. side uh yes announced you know yeah I, I think we need um, another central defender who, who uh, would you who would you nominate i think solid defender like shawcross from um is pretty good if he's fit if he's fit well, let's look I'm back. surprised Wes Morgan's not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean the season he had. So now is, now, it, is it age there? He's 32. Who would you admit? Really who would you admit here? Who would you admit from from the defence in uh, to 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 accommodate uh, another central defender then? Okay. Wow, we're getting into this is this is this is getting serious business now. You got Kale, Kale and uh, and Smalling going to start, right? You know that. Uh-huh. So but, who, but who I think I think we need um, Cahill. Smalling and Shawcross as a three central defence, not just two. You're playing five at the back then? No, no. Uh, I mean, you can rotate between those two. With, uh, so who, who would uh, who would who would uh, who would not make the plane then? Who who would uh, who would uh, he travel with at the expense of? Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. Okay, Eric likes that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for that. It's kind of anti-Tottenham PR campaign. So if you're a Spurs fan, I do apologise. We try and be fair. You can't help. You can't help the uh, the uh, the fanaticism coming through every now and again. We'll get we'll get back to some more football. I think I'm going to play a song now so we can gather our thoughts. Um, this is from um, Steve Mason's latest. I think we uh, we touched upon that last week and we played a track. Um, and this is another one. This is called All Right. <laughs>
for the summer um, summer we don't seem to be experiencing that quite yet uh, I hear there was snow in some parts of Ontario yesterday uh, I know that there was uh, speaking to my mate in uh, Prague yesterday snow in Prague really it, it's it's lunacy I haven't even got the, 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 the furniture out for the back garden it's just there's no point you know? well I was just saying that my parents have been in uh, England and Scotland and they had Almost every single day where they were for the last three weeks was sunny and 25 degrees. The gods are with them. <laughs> hey, I wanted to tell you, because you, you arrived, you know, sons baked goods. You arrived, you know, as you, you usually do now. It's becoming a habit. You come in at eight, which is great. Yeah. Works, right? So we, we played. I'll tell you what we played. We played uh, Morrissey, My Love Life, the K-Rock version from the, uh, the K-Rock EP. Played some Catherine Wheel, played Broken Ed. Uh, played uh, Pop Lead Itself, RSVP, that's for Dave. Played uh, Promised Land by Cast, who are touring again now. Mm-hmm. Expect some new stuff from them. Give It Time by The Wooden Tops. High School Works, Shit Creek. Dedicated to the shenanigans in Baal. Uh, the Beat, Save It For Later. Uh, Mull Historical Society. Uh, I mentioned last week that uh, Eric and I were both uh, pleasantly uh, 
we both pleasantly found out that there's a new there's a new album. So uh, we probably went out and got it, and I'm, I played yeah. you a track from it. Uh, we played some old the the. We played this is the day. We played uh, another fall song, which uh, I maintain is going to be uh, an ongoing feature. There's always going to be a fall track. Do, do, do you think there are enough? Do, do I what? Sorry. Do you think there are enough? To cover how many episodes? Yes, <laughs> I think I think I could conceivably be be broadcasting for another two or three lifetimes and not run out of four tracks. So it's not not an issue. Played the, the backer version of Big by uh, New Fast Automatic Daffodils, Man City, Man City fans, those lads, Andy Spearport and the boys. Uh, an oldie from 10cc, Wall Street Shuffle. Which uh, how, when were you born, Eric? 1975. Yeah, that, that was released in 74. <laughs> so you, you're grooving to that as your dad was playing it on, on the turntable. Um, we played the Stone Roses single for those people that might uh, be living uh, in radio silence and not have heard it yet. Under a lemon. Yeah, something like that. Uh, we played uh, Real People, People in the Telly. Top, top single, top, top album track. Uh, the cover of the week was Bodies by Veruca Salt, uh, doing some pistols. Great Fire for Rob, XTC. Oh, look, it says here that there's some football banter with Eric. We did that too. And we played uh, some more from the new Steve Mason. We played live and we just heard uh, Slide Away by Verve, or The Verve, as they're called over here. Uh, and then uh, some dodgy, some staying out for the summer. And next we're going to be playing the inter- interview that uh, the little chit-chat I had with, with Matt earlier this week. And uh, Eric, anything to add before we uh, let Matt and uh, myself, a la tape recording, take over? No, I, I mean... I, sh- I, I- Half expected we'd be talking more uh, more about this afternoon, but you know the way it went, it didn't. Uh well, I was half hoping too, but I think yeah. it's it's one of those things where I've got to sort of employ selective amnesia. Yeah, you know, it's just and it's just not uh, good. I need I need time to heal. Yeah, well, it'd be nice to do a wrap up of the the, uh, the season, maybe, and uh, after the uh, Champions League this weekend. Yeah, I think wraps that's, up. Well, we'll have lots to talk about come yeah. come next week, and then we'll you know. Look forward to the, there'll be the, F- there'll be the FA Cup. We'll see the Champions League final yeah. by then too. So we'll have pl- plenty of stuff to talk about. And then the exquisitely written, well thought out, and planned transfer gossip through the summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely no hyperbole. None of it is clickbait. <laughs> None of it is no fictional. It's all so. So based it means that we've got to we've got to we've got to the use the word re- yeah. yeah. Yeah, ITKs, ITKs, reliable source, yeah. all that business. Yeah, we'll be employing all the little moles we have globally. Sounds like we're well, well connected, but there's a few people we can get the intri- inside track on. And we all know that the, that the transfer, uh, well, the lunacy has already commenced. Uh, there'll be a, there'll be a big spike before the Euros in the hopes of getting someone. Uh, I think we've uh, already committed to about two hundred thirty million pounds. Yes, yeah, you, you signed you signed half of Europe thus far. If, if the rumor mill was to be believed, yeah. Just don't read. The, just don't read the red tops. That's a, just a general rule. But there's going to be some tomfoolery. There's going to be some silly money being spent, uh, and there's going to have to be some some very very astute and fast business done before people ship off to camp and uh, start playing internationals. And, and then they've got uh, all the, all the South American talent are going to be playing in their respective tournament as well. Uh, and then there's before you blink, there's uh, there's three weeks when, when you, before you uh, kick into gear after having returned from from the tournament. Uh, uh, and if you're England, you might well have got an extra two weeks holiday because you could <laughs> you could have been golfing for for a couple of weeks or or, or so by by the time Italy and and, and uh, Germany are, are ousted. But uh, you never know. But uh, we we can guarantee one thing: there's going to be some silly money being spent. Everyone's going to attempt to strengthen. There's going to have to be a spike now before the Euros, and then a a mad scramble before. Or the door window or whatever 
you want to call it, yeah, slam shut. There'll be the tournament lull, and then and yeah, there's then, going to be a uh, tournament lull, but, but yeah. that's that's when the, the the hyperbole machine like almost goes well, into meltdown. Well, and those that haven't done anything ahead of time have, will. Uh, and then there's that player that you were hoping to get, and then they have, they, they play the tournament of a lifetime, and their their, their fee triples. Yeah. You know, if I think back to one of the one of the worst signings we ever made was uh, was El Hadji Juf. <laughs> We shall say no more of that, <laughs> but that 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 that's uh, that's wholly applicable to the to the nonsense. That hopefully, I'm hopefully, predicting it's, will hopefully it's other clubs we don't care about that uh, that that spend a fortune on the on the player of the tournament only to be let down. Well, I'm a, just wondering uh, where where where's Latan's going to end up just for fun. I'm thinking he's going to go to Hollywood and just just lap it up out there and play for the Galaxy. He says he says he already knows where he's playing. He next said season. that. Yeah. Him and him alone yeah. knows. Well, he knows I'm because it's going else to be whoever's throwing the most amount. Of well, it, it boils down to whoever out. whoever is categorically dim enough to pay him what he wants, and I think the Galaxy, uh, I think MLS do that because there's no top team uh, in Europe that are going to have him start and, and give him the the, the, the glory that he, that he believes he, he should be the recipient of, and uh, he loves the spotlight. And LA just screams his name. Mm-hmm. You can see that, can't you? You can see him pull up in a yellow Lamborghini. Well, I don't see him at uh, Portland, so... Uh. No, he's not going to be playing for, uh, for Drew Carey's <laughs> lot, I don't think so. <laughs> He'll be playing for the Galaxy. Incidentally, um, uh, there's a bus, a bunch of us going out on the bus to uh, uh, the LA Galaxy game when they play Montreal uh, week on Saturday. Oh. Just for a laugh. Spare tickets if you want to come. Anyway, here's we'll my see. interview. All right. Matt Priest, dodgy. Top, top man. Gentleman, scholar. Just general, all-round... Geezer. Like him very much, in case you probably figured out that I thought otherwise. So we're going to play. We're going to play this with Matt, and then we'll play a song on the outro, and then uh, have a little little chit chat before I hang up my boots for this week and uh, start working on number five. No, it was de- it was definitely uh, definitely my uh, cock up uh, on, on this end, Matt. So. Have okay. you just uh, just arrived home uh, via Liverpool tonight? Have you, or where have you been? Um, no, 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 no. It's um, I've um, I, I got back relatively early from Sheffield last night and um, just went for a walk because we live in the countryside. We live uh, on the Dorset border, Wiltshire Dorset border. Yeah, loads of, loads of lovely places to go for a walk and just went for a walk and a, and a bloody Mary and a bit of food. Well, that sounds lovely. That could be uh, the, that could be the beginnings of a new career, a la Steve Coogan, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't caught the Liverpool score actually. What, what, what was it? It was. Uh, it finished one-one. Uh, uh, we went down to a run-down goal, and uh, I, I scored a uh, scored an equaliser. It was not, not very inspiring to say the least. But you, you know, the eleven. Well, today uh, are the 11 that will not start on Wednesday and we did rather well considering you know it was, it was ostensibly lads and as you say Skirtle did play but uh, I'm convinced that'll be the last time he'll uh, kick a ball in anger for us. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
And Benteke, um, Benteke was a, a useless lump today, and and I and I'm, I share the same opinion that that he's going to be on uh, on his way as well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, certainly when you've got people like Origi, who's had such a blinding season, he's just played so well. And of course, when Ings back as well. Well, Ings came on, Matt. Ings came on oh. second half. So so did Henderson, both back from injury. What would you like? He showed he showed signs. He, he was doing a lot of hurrying, a lot of running, a lot of running off the ball, a lot of pressing, which is of course what he's asked to do. So he wasn't on uh, for, for too terribly long, but he was on long enough to, to get a sniff, which I, I'm pretty sure that might earn him a place on the bench uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, so, so none, none of those people playing today are playing on Wednesday. That's that's the understanding, and he's as good as said so. So, uh, Alan, Alan played today. Ojo played today. Brannigan, Smith. You know, all, all the lads and uh, the young lads, and they did rather well, all things considered. And uh, the news today is is that uh, you heard about the Man United game, did you, Matt? Yeah, did, 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 did he get um, um, stopped because of a suspicious package? Yeah, there was a suspicious package. They they initially postponed it for forty five minutes, uh, and then they realised it was obviously a bigger fish than that, and they uh, postponed the game. And they had to they had to perform an, uh, uh, what they call a, what, a controlled explosion. Um, they said it was connected to a mobile device and uh, wow. a bunch of pipes. I mean, I'm I'm not a bomb expert, but that doesn't sound very good. So I can't remember a time ever anything like that happening. So they've got to squeak that game in. Uh, with heightened security before an FA Cup, which is coming next week, so not not very good news for anybody, but not not very good news, especially for Man United. That's another another. No, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it was. So, so what are they reckoning? That it was actually a bomb. I saw news that it was it was just obviously someone said it was a trophy. Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah, well, there's been a whole load of spoofs, but but I don't think there's been an official statement at all. You know, I just I just get worried. I, I, I'm actually quite stunned that nothing along the lines of, of, of terrorism that we've seen in, in you know Brussels and Paris of late hasn't happened at a football game, and I'm just waiting for it to happen. It's not because I'm a morose bastard. It's just because it's just an obvious target. No, I know, I know, I know. You, you, well, I, I can't think about it. No, I can't think about it. so that was the news. That was that was the news that kind of superseded football today. And so, unless Man United beat Bournemouth nineteen nil, they're not going to make the Champions League because the goal difference is eighteen points. Uh, sorry, 18, 18 goals. And uh, West Ham, uh, by virtue of losing to Stoke, I think it was, fall out of the European places. But if Man U win the FA Cup, West Ham get Europa League. So, there's your summary for today. Fantastic! Oh, Thank oh, you. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, actually, um, yeah. So we, we just got to because I was a little bit confused about why we were playing Sevilla, uh, and uh, if Sevilla won the um, Europa um, Cup last year, I couldn't, I didn't work out because I thought if you won the Europa, you automatically put you through to champions. Just this but year, I, 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 I made my son work it out that I think what happens is is that if you get knocked out in the early stages of Champions League, you drop down to Europa. That's right. Yeah, if, if you're one of the yeah. uh, the highest standing losers in the group stages of the Champions League, you get demoted, which kind of takes away the yeah, yeah. You know, because you've been you, you're in that competition and you think you're doing rather well, and then some tidy teams get chucked in at the second second juncture. And yeah, it's a funny old tournament. I, I just wasn't really a fan of of Champions League Cup winners Cup and UEFA Cup being disbanded for Champions League and Europa League, but. 
it is what it is, as they say, and I'm not, not a big yeah. fan, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's an interesting debate, Matt, because, I mean, you know, we talk about music in, in a little bit, but, you know, you started off with football, but you look at the domestic competitions and people worry, they really worry about the legitimacy of the FA Cup, and, you know, you're about the same age as me, and we all, we all used to, you know, getting up watching, you know, Grandstand or World of Sport, watching, watching them uh, follow the fans and the coaches and the players, and the FA Cup was and still is to me a big deal but it's not taken as seriously as it should be anymore by those who are fighting for the biggest prize either the Premier League title or or, uh, or uh, Champions League and oh, is Premier League more important than the FA Cup do you think? well I think to many people they are because it's, it's about money it's not about a pot but I, you know I was thinking I was having a debate with a mate and I said what if they adopted this policy because the, the League Cup is becoming a non-entity. It only ever becomes a big deal if you make the final. And if you lose the final, you say, oh, I didn't want to win it anyway. So yeah. so if, if you made the League Cup available only to the league teams that were not involved in Europe, that would stop them being sidetracked by another tournament and give, give the other teams a fair crack at it. So that yeah. would solve that problem. And if you, if you were dispensed with the fourth place... League's, league position for um, a Champions League uh, playoff place, give that to the winner of the FA Cup, then it would add a lot more credence to that tournament and then not get people fielding, you know, almost putting out a bunch of wags there next before before, before too long. Yeah. I just want to try and protect the FA Cup, but also give, you've got to do that by virtue of some kind of incentive because there's no real incentive other than winning the Cup itself. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, well, I mean, it is all about the Champions League now, isn't it? It's, that's all the players want to go to Europe and play. Um, yeah, and um, and here in the other day, it um, apparently gives you so much more buying power if you're in Europe. Oh, it's unbelievable! Um, it's chalk and cheese, you know. Matt. Just chalk and cheese, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you look at Man United today, who you know, unless they. Uh, as, as as I said earlier, you know, thump thump Bournemouth nineteen nil. They're going to be they're going to be distracted by Thursday Sunday football, which we all hate, uh, and they're not going to be able to attract the top players by virtue of not being in the Champions League, and they're not even going to be able to attract players like like uh, Liverpool, for instance, because players will want to play for Klopp. I don't know too many people banging down the doors to want to play for LVG. Yeah, oh no, yeah. He, he, he seems a rather humorless man, doesn't he? You I, know, I think that's the... Uh, I think he's a cyborg, man. You know, I think he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like a Stepford husband as opposed to a Stepford wife. He's, he just seems like he's, someone programs his hard drive every morning and sends him out there. Yeah, he, 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 he's not a very inspired person to play for, whilst Klopp is uh, just a revelation. Yeah, so... so so you know you're a Liverpool fan, but have you been, are you a lifelong fan? I think I've asked this question to you many years no, ago. No, no, what about? I've always loved them ever since I remember watching you know the European Cup finals and the Alan Kennedy and Ray Kennedy. Yeah. Um, back in the seventies and the great seventies team they had, then Hughes, uh, McDermott, and you know I, I I was I was a big Liverpool. I, I loved them as a team. I loved the way they played, loved the way they passed it along the back, Phil Thompson, Phil Neal. You know, I, I just, I just loved their style, and there was something just great about them. And, and, but because I was from the West, um, West Midlands, and yeah. the, the, the sort of local team was just on the jail being to us. And so, you know, you'd go down the baggies and you watch the baggies. And my mate's mum used to work for West Brom, and so she used to be able to get a ticket to go in. 
Um, but I, I, I never, <laughs> never enjoyed watching it. <laughs> I was like, I was just like, oh, this is poor. And, and, and I mean, I supported him actually, well, you know, I'll go down to see the baggies. Um, at, their, at their best period, which was 79 80, when they had Big One Atkinson and they had. Um, oh, Cyril um, and the boys? The, the Three Degrees, as they were brought <laughs> 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 with them. Uh, Laurie Cunningham and Phil Regis and Bernard Batson, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it, it was um, it was a great time to support West Brom being then. And actually, I might, I might have said told you this story, but um, I was the lucky mascot. <laughs> uh, I actually went on, on the pitch and I was a mascot yeah. for the last time that the baggies were in Europe. <laughs> That's quite an accolade. I was, they lost. <laughs> I was the lucky mascot. Oh. And they lost and they lost three one against against Europe Grasshoppers, and I think it was in the UEFA Cup in um, in nineteen eighty. Uh, or 79, and uh, uh, yeah, and, and they lost because of me. Well, I tell you, um, that, that redefines lucky mascot in the dictionary, if that's the case, doesn't and, it? You know, exactly, and, and, and um, uh, when I played with the Lightning series, actually, um, um, obviously many years later, I was up at, uh, I was actually doing the, the Hillsborough Justice gig at yes. Anfield. Yes, Um And uh, I Dodgy played earlier in the day, and then I was in the Lightning series dressing room, and Frank Skinner was there, Yeah, and he, he's a baggy Frank Big baggy, yeah. And he's, he's a grumpy guitar as well. And he, he, he was sort of, uh, I was try, trying to make conversation with him, saying, oh, you know, I was Baggy's fan when I was a kid. He goes, oh, to me, we're a Baggy's fan. Um, uh, and I said, well, I was, I was the lucky mascot, you know, against you at Grasshoppers. He goes, you were the bastard. He goes, <laughs> me and my mates, we tried to find you. <laughs> we did it in the day before the internet. We, 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 we scoured the streets trying to find you. And you were the reason why we went out of Europe. Went, yeah, that's me. Oh. And, I, and, and when I got into, you know, and I thought, as I, as I hit sort of teenage, sort of 13, 12, 13, I started really getting into music. Um, and I, I, I sort of lost touch in a way with football. I, I certainly lost touch with West Brom and Jardine. I wasn't, I wasn't following them. I wasn't finding. Um, and I sort of lost touch with football. I was just really, really immersing myself in, in music, Beatles and old soul records and Northern Soul and, and you know, and really take up the drums and, you know, I just, that's what I was immersed in, you know. And then I sort of, as, um, as it goes towards my late teens, you know, I was sort of having a little look at, um, you know, football again. And I thought, I'm really drawn to Liverpool, I really am. And I think it was because of the music, you know, because of the Beatles, yeah. and, you know, and the Liverpool scene. Um, and I'd be, and I'd started to go to Liverpool with with, with Dodgy, um, and I just fell in love with the city. Um, that, it's like my second home, you know. It's uh, well, that's what I was going to ask you because you, you're an honorary scouser. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, in terms yeah, of that, yeah. in your football affiliations, and of course, anyone involved in any way, shape, or form with uh, with the Hillsborough Justice campaign is is in my eyes has the key to the city indefinitely. So you give more than earnings. Yeah, earnest... yeah and, and also the Dockers as well. We're, yes. We, we, we were one of the first people, the first bands to to sort of go on about the Dockers. It's, uh, we, we were recording down there and um, and we saw them, Nigel went down there and he saw that they were, they were picketing and he went up to them and said, what's going on? And he says, well, yeah, you won't know because there's a media blackout, but, but we're on strike and this to tell the story. And so we, um, we sort of got some T-shirts off them and we, 
we started talking about it in the press, and they were like, "This is amazing, thank you." You know, you've given us a little bit of exposure. Yeah. And I wore, and I wore a Dockers t-shirt when I was going to Leipzig. I wore a Dockers t-shirt on Richard and Judy. Yeah, you're talking about the uh, the Calvin Klein knockoff shirt that Robbie Fowler was yeah, wearing. That's, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Robbie Fowler wore it as well. Of course, it was brilliant. Um, so yeah, no, there's a lot of reasons, and, and, and I think, and as soon as I, you know, as soon as I sort of been to Liverpool and I spent time there, then, then it, it was just. It was just an automatic thing, and you know, and and I was very wary when I, when I did the Hills of Justice gig, even though I was a Liverpool fan. I was very wary at the end because it was such an emotional day. Yeah, I was very wary at the end because all all the musicians were encouraged to go on the stage and sing and never walk alone, um, and I was very kind of reticent. I sort of stayed at the back just because even you know there was something about being a scouser that day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and as much as I love it and as much as I support the cause, I just felt I'd be taking the piss if, if you saw me on the front of the stage singing along, you know, because like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what's that, what's that um, black country yeah. boy doing there? Eh? I said, what's that black country boy doing there? Yeah, no, exactly. So I'm very wary of that, you know. But uh, I, I think what's really accelerated my, my love over the last sort of 10 years, really, is, is, is my son. He's... Um, He's a, he's a Liverpool fan. I, I didn't force him down that route. Um, I think when he was a kid, he, his godfather was buying him Tottenham shirts and stuff, trying to trying to get into the Tottenham fan. So, so I, I, and I'll be sort of taking the Tottenham shirt and putting it in the bin. Yeah. Um, but um, it was actually through a mate of his at school who was a Liverpool fan. And then he came back one day and he was like, oh, well, well, I can't support Liverpool. And it's kind of, when you've got a son to, to sort of, a mate to sort of follow the, the team with, it just makes it all the better. And so that's what's accelerated my love for Liverpool over the last 10 years. Oh, I feel feel the same way. I mean, my son... My son's twenty now, and uh, I, I was lucky enough to get away with being able to call him Keegan. Uh, my wife, had, she 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 checked that box. I got away with it. My daughter's called uh, McKenna Anfield, so I got away with that as well. And and you're absolutely right. Since since they've reached a certain age, I don't go down the pub anymore. I watch it with them, and their friends come over, and they get yeah. they, they they get great joy in watching the football. They also get a great amount of joy watching me lose my mind, like free yeah. entertainment. And you're absolutely right, it has changed me, and uh, I took them to the first home game, they've been to games before, but took them to the first home game uh, a couple of years ago, and just watching them lose their minds is indelible, it's absolutely yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. No, it's, it's brilliant, because he's, he's more of a fan than me, he's, he's absolutely diehard, he gets so nervous on, on match days, and you know, we're going to pub watch it together, it's a great, it's a Football and music, Matt. That's what this show is all about. Football and music are the, are the two great levelers, in my humble opinion. Yeah. Mm. And you've, mel- you've melded the two rather nicely. Incidentally, how old is his son? He's 16 now. He's just in his GCSEs. So he's got he's got tangible memories of, of Istanbul, which is good. Yeah, sort of. But, but, but more to do with he's got the DVD and he watches it on YouTube and stuff like that. And uh, um, Yeah, I mean, I took him to his first match and <clears throat> as I said, we live down south, and um, um, I took him to Liverpool versus Portsmouth at St Mary's, which is a rickety old ground. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was where um, it was where Torres scored in the last minute, three two. Yeah. Um, and um, that was about four or five years ago, something like, maybe a bit longer. 
Um, and I've taken to a couple of others. I took him to Birmingham. We took him to Birmingham City as well at St Andrews. Yeah. Um, he saw that one. But what was great is that I got a mate who's got a season ticket at the Cop. Um, and it was the start of this season. And um, and he said, Oh look, um, you know, do you want to go? And I said, No, but my son will. So <laughs> we literally just drove him off. And it was a real big moment because I couldn't get in there. I couldn't get a ticket. Uh, but it was literally we just sort of plumped in there outside uh, outside Anfield, and he walked in by himself. Brilliant. Know, got, got there, sat in the cop, um, and he said it was just mind blowing. You know, just saying you'll never walk alone with it. But he did say that the, 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 the crowd is subdued. And there's a lot of moaning, and, and, I, and I've read that elsewhere as well, saying that the cut the Anfield hadn't been the same for the last few years. Yeah. Um, and they had just just a lot of sport, a lot of blood bitchiness, a lot of anger in the fans. Um, but Klopp's, Klopp's just brought it all back. Apparently Klopp has just, you know, when, when he did that thing, when he when he applauded the fans, when everyone took the piss, because he, he applauded the fans. Um, well, they only took the piss. They only took the piss because they won him as their manager, that's all. No, exactly. But, but, but and that's it. And, then, and and the way he sort of, you know, they're absolutely adoring. You know, he is. He's as close. Yeah. He's as close to... Demonstrative deity as as uh, ever as I've ever seen to 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 a Shankly. I mean, we've had we've had we've had deity at the club in, in the likes you know likes of Kenny and, and and Rafa, but you just you just there's something there's something intangible about Klopp in terms of his viral enthusiasm, and you saw you saw it at Dortmund. We knew what we were getting. We just we were just hoping that you know, of course it would translate, and it has. It's just been an effortless transition, and it's been wonderful to speak to. It, it really, I mean, what I find. I find amazing is is that you know it's um, I think eight of the players that um, that beat Villarreal the other day yes um, were were in the same squad that Brendan had you know yeah and he had the same players but but it's it's how he's brought how he's brought the talent through from from players like Chan who who I didn't see the point of Chan with Brendan. I was like, well, what's he doing? You know, who is this guy, Chan? He's playing him in central defence. My God, he's one of the best players on the pitch. He's incredible. And it's the same as... um, Lallana. Yeah, well, Lallana, exactly. And Lovren. And Lovren. But but, but Origi. And and the fact he's brought all these these players and got the best out of all these players, I think is incredible. It is. I mean, Brendan, he was like, he had a squad of 13. You know, I mean, this season, clubs has been bringing players out. I never knew he had. <laughs> what was he? What this guy? <laughs> I didn't know he had him on the books. You know, he's literally, he's sort of like, I think he's getting like the, the cleaners. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, <laughs> the tea, cleaners. give the you tea know, lady a run out. They had a mop in their hand one day, and then he's got him on the pitch. Because so, yeah. I'm like, who the fuck is Smith? Yeah. I didn't know he had Smith. You know, and it's, it's amazing. He's bringing... He's bringing they all want to play for him, you know. And, and now we've got a squad of 23, 22, you know, it's, it's incredible. It is, you know? it is. I've talked to some ex-players lately and last... Uh... Last week I was talking to George Sefton, you know the uh, the voice of Anfield, and uh, oh, yeah, G- George. Yeah. I mean, he's he, he's seen more more games than anyone possibly on, on on God's green earth over over the last forty odd years, and uh, you know he was he was discussing just the palpable difference in in terms of as he's quite rightly saying, you know Lovren, I wouldn't have trusted to tie his own shoelaces under right. Rogers, uh, Lovren, Lana, uh, Origi, as you quite rightly say as well, and Firmino has become. An absolute oh. bargain, hasn't he? Oh, God. I, I, I just keep... Because if you remember the first 
season, Coutinho was finding his feet, wasn't he? And he wasn't quite quite right. It's a physical game. He's not used to the physicality. And uh, it took him a while. took him a while. But then suddenly he became the magician, you know, that he is now. Uh, and I think Firmino's just going through that period this season. And I think next season... I mean, you can just imagine Firmino and Coutinho <laughs> up front. It's scary, it's isn't it? Outrageous. If Firmino can hit the can hit the kind of form that Coutinho hit in his second and third seasons, then we we're, we're going to be laughing. We're just going to be indestructible. Yeah. yeah. And then they're going to have their pick of forwards. You know, well, that's um, it. That's that's the only sort of conundrum left, isn't there, Matt? Because you know, you're talking about the bright future. I agree with you. I, I'm 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 one of those rose-coloured spectacles fans. Always have been since the beginning of time. Whereby we're going to win the league this year. We're going to win this. League. But this oh, yeah. year, I, I'm not. <laughs> but we've got as good as good a crack at it as anybody. And, and if you really look at what we've got as a squad, you you, you quite rightly hit it the nail on the head in terms of these signings have made. Uh, have actually proved to be good. I see Emre Chan as a captain. We're going to be getting Danny Ings uh, and uh, Gomez uh, back from injuries, basically new signings. I think we're going to see the, the back of Skirtle. We're going to see, unfortunately for some people, I think we're going to see the back of uh, back of Henderson. Um, I just don't think well, he's that... I'm not, I'm not too bothered about that. Too. I'm not either. Um, do you really think he's going to go? That's interesting. Well, the Spurs, Spurs and West Ham are interested. And, and if you really think about the midfield, if we've got this Grucic lad who's a who's a ball to ball, uh, sorry, box to box uh, midfielder who's coming in, we've got Joel Matip at centre back. We've also got Lucas and, 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 and Chan who can play in front of the back four. We've, you've got to have Coutinho and Firmino and Lalana in the mix. And unless Firmino is playing a striker or uh, or a false nine. Because uh, Coutinho is going to be the number ten, uh, you know, as long as he's fit. The, the midfield isn't big enough to, to to house Henderson if we need a winger. And we're going to bring Markovic back. Uh, he sees something. Oh. He sees something in Markovic, and I hope he's right. So whether we buy a winger and have Markovic or just Markovic, uh, I just don't see room for Henderson. He, he's he's a, he's a he's a player that doesn't really uh, uh, do an awful lot that other players can do as readily. Really hard. I mean, well, I went up to Blackburn. That's another one we went up to. We went up to um, yeah. to the to, to the quality, to, to the FA Cup last year. Was it Blackburn Liverpool up at um, up at the Blackburn Stadium? And um, and not what's what's it called the Blackburn? Ewood. Ewood Park. Yeah, that's it. Um, and me and Oscar were, were both commenting about how much he works, and he was all over the park. Yeah. And worked really, really hard. But what, what, what I think has happened is that Milner's come in and kind of showed him up a bit. Um, you know, he has been injured, fair enough. But, but Milner, I think, has, has been an incredible sign. Oh, his, his, his work so rate, work. his work rate is, is unfathomable. I just, I, I was one of those people, where I, was, I, was very, I, was, I was very, very puzzled by the signing, and especially, you know, making him our, uh, our highest earner. It, it, it was quite odd. And I must admit, under Brendan, I thought, God, this is a, an utter waste of time and money. But uh, Klopp, Klopp knows how to get the best out of his players. And I don't think I've, I've seen anyone harry as well as Milner. And granted, he can't take a corner to save his life. But yeah. that, that cross he popped, bobbed across for Lovren is going to forever yeah. be in, in folklore. So we can forgive him that. No, no, it's, it, um, and some of the goals he's been getting in as well. He's, he's, he, I, I think he's been vital, vital this season. And he's a... He, 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 
Is he around next season? Yeah, yeah, he'll be around. Yeah, he should be. He should be assistant captain. Chan should be captain. And and Milner, Milner is as important off the field as on because he's he's a consummate professional. You know, he doesn't drink. Yeah. He looks after himself. He's uh, very unassuming. He, he's not one for the limelight. He's a family man. And I think that that grounded aspect uh, is something to aspire to for some of the younger kids. Let, yeah. let me ask yeah. you that. You've got a grounded. You've got a grounded chap like Milner, who granted has the Mickey taken out of him for being boring, and there's even even Twitter accounts called boring, boring James Milner. But that aside, you look at you look at what he's done for the team, and you look at Sturridge, and this is something that I spoke to George about. And for me, and I just want to know if you feel the same. I look at Sturridge, and we know we know he's talented. We know that he's when he's on song. There's no better British striker around, but. For, for some unknown reason, he's not endeared himself to the fans very well at all. And Is he, he, not? Oh. he just doesn't see... He's not been embraced as, as one of our own, whereby, you know, George, George analogised something. He said, you know, since, since the new stand's being built, he has to sort of make his departure to his car after the match through, through the main stand and go through where all the, all the players park their cars, which I'm sure you're familiar with that car park. Yeah. Uh, um, and he says, you know, all the lads, granted, they've got flash cars, but, you know, they're getting in their own cars and driving home. And he says, Sturridge has got a chauffeur-driven uh, Rolls-Royce with his posse waiting for him. So, it's, oh. you know what I mean? And it's just one of those things that, that really it doesn't, doesn't really go a long way to having him uh, popularise himself with the fan base. And he also said last week, uh, you know, you know when silence is golden. Uh, oftentimes, that doesn't apply to football. You just said, you know, people aren't one-player clubs anymore. You know, and you know people move about. And basically, saying he's not, he's not committed to Liverpool Football Club. And oh, you can't say that. Yeah, well, he did. So it's just one of those things. I can see him. I can see him on his way, and I can see Benteke, which, as you were saying about strikers, if if you, if you could have your uh, your pick pick of the bunch, if we've got Origi. We've got Firmino who can play that position, and we've got Danny Ings. Who would you bring in as a striker if we offload one or two? Benteke's gone, so we will need to replace him. We might just get away with replacing Sturridge and Benteke with one, provided they, they, the others stay fit. So who would you who would you plug well, for? Well, from other, from other squads. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, if you say you know, Klopp's got you know, it's fifty million quid. Go buy a striker. Who would you? Who would you? I, 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 I don't know. To tell you the truth, I don't, I don't know. There's not, um, there's not really a glut of them out there. Who was on the other day that was saying, um, not from Palace, maybe there's a good guy at Palace. Um, they were mentioning some young kid at Palace. Or, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be able to say that to say the truth. Well, there's, I, there's I, I no one... To, I don't tend to look at other teams. <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I sort of obsess about Liverpool and... And what what the ins and outs of them, but I don't tend to look look around, you know. Well, the the, the point I was trying to make is is, is there's there's not really an, an an overabundance of strikers, and and if you said you know you could have you know, him him or him, you know I've, I've got no one really on my list. I mean, there's there's guys like Iguain, there's there's uh, there's Chikorito who's banging them in for Leverkusen, there's there's Aubameyang who's banging them in for 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 Dortmund, but. It's it's one of those one of those instances where I don't worry because for the first time in a long time, whether it's ill-founded belief or otherwise, I 
I, I categorically believe that Klopp is not just knows what he's doing, but he's got the autonomy to do what he wants in that regard. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now I actually heard from a postman the other day that um, Arsenal were after Sturridge. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all because uh, I mean he's he's a, he's a brummy lad, but uh, I, I can see a London club. He could he could fit in at Arsenal. I think he'd be that would be the only British club where I think he'd 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 feel welcome and they'd welcome him as much. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of like anonymous. If you, you can be anonymous at Arsenal, I mean, I, I've got a soft spot for Arsenal because I used to live in Stoke Newington in London, and that, that, they were the local team. So I've got a soft spot for them anyway. Uh, but what was interesting about Milner, just going back to that one, is that um, I was talking to a, a City fan, and they were gutted. Yeah, they were gutted that Milner went. They, 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 they said, "You've got a bargain there," and he's. Um, he, he, we, we don't want to see him go. He's been amazing for City. Yeah. So was, that was very interesting. So, but, so whoever brought him over, I thought, was very wise. And again, just with those clubs brought the best out of him, you know. Absolutely. I, again, yeah, the City fans I know, they, they couldn't join the dots on that one. That was really nonsensical. And we just, uh, you know, we got him on a got him on a free. Granted, we're paying him through the nose, but uh, he's done a job this year for sure. He's done a very, very good job. So, um, so you, you, are you uh, got any more dates left with with uh, with Ian? Yeah, we're doing. Um, um, I've got two weekends left. I've got next weekend is Bristol and Manchester, and then weekend after that is um, is Leeds and Newcastle. So four shows left, and then that's it. We had the last sort of four or five shows have been amazing. Wonderful. Yeah, I've heard I've heard very very good reviews from the people I know have attended. Obviously, I can't attend those ones, but he's a. Uh, it's almost like Ian's had a bit of a renaissance. Like he's really took it by the short and curlies and gone out there again. And I'd I'd love to see him live. Well, he's, well what what the, what the great thing about him at Nab is that he just absolutely loves it. He yeah. just lives and breathes rock and roll. He's an encyclopedic knowledge of it. Um, he loves it. He, he, you know, he's um, and he's like a little kid. You know, he he just, he just can't wait to get on that stage and start playing his guitar. And it's, uh, and it's refreshing to see that, you know, a guy like that, and he's still so into the music. And on this tour, I mean, he's taking quite a big, sort of, he's got a tour bus and he's got a crew with him. I mean, we dodgy, when we go out, we literally, we just drive there yeah. in our separate cars. Well, of course, I've got a share for driven Rolls Royce. Of course you are, um, yeah. Uh, we, we drive there in our cars, we don't use a sa- our own salmon, we use a venue salmon, uh, and, and we don't take a crew with us. We set up our own gear, because... The fees for us to be able to make anything out of them, yeah. Um, the margins are low, so Ian is he's not really going to be making any money from the tour, he's doing it because he wants to play music, yeah. And that's that's really quite refreshing, you know. And it shows, you know, he's got a brilliant band. I mean, we are a really good band. We're talking on bass, and Richard Nanny, who used to play the Water Boys, they've got a killer you know, drummer, haven't they? They're a really good unit, you know. We get on, we play really well together. And, it, and it's really good fun, and, and, it, and it really sharpens me up for, for the dodgy dates, you know, because um, um, as soon as the artist is over, then, then it's loads and loads of dodgy. Yeah, I was going to touch upon that in a second, but, uh, but back, back, to, back to Ian for a, uh, for a minute. Um, he's, he's a friend on Facebook, and I tell you what, he's one of the most uh, uh, vitriolic, opinionated pe- yeah. people I've ever come across, yeah. yet... Yet I must always see, I must not miss anything. Is what I'm trying to say because I, I just love, I just love his tirades, especially in the world of music. When he when he takes umbrage with something, he takes yeah. it to a whole new level, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, 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 he's,
That would be a hell of if get you two on a panel to talk about David Icke would be brilliant. You know, it, I mean, it's complete nonsense. It really is. But you know, it's and also the thing with him is that he, he, he says, you know, I'm I'm just being open-minded here, and um, yeah, he you is. know, because you do look at it and think, oh, what's he doing? He, he really does. He really does lose a lot of fans when he when he starts talking. You know, and he, and he gets quite idiotic and conspiracy theories and all that kind of stuff. But it's him, and also. One thing he does do, he loves to wind people up. Oh, he, he does, yeah. a bit of a joke, and he loves to do You know, and a lot of the time, you know, it is a bit of a wind-up. You know, it's just character at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and so, you know, and so, the, and I've got mates, you know, who, who get really angry, you know. I've got a mate who's like saying, but well, Ian's been very anti-Semitic there. And I'm like, I, Ian's not anti-Semitic, though. I've known him for, you know, I've known him since 1992. You know, and he's not at all anti-Semitic. What he's doing, he's very misguided, and and I think he's a little bit deluded about all this Zionist Illuminati stuff. I said, but he's definitely not anti-Semitic. You know, no. He's not racist. He's not. I mean, anyone that can write lyrics like "Hello Horse" or "Love Is a Wonderful Color," exactly. I mean, anyone who has the ability to write those kind of lyrics has not. He's not a racist person. He's not a hateful person. No, I just yeah. there's one thing I love about Ian is heart on his sleeve. I mean, I, I don't know Ian at all in, in terms of how you know him, but uh, his music and, and having seen him live many times and, and buying his records since, since, since the old days, I've got a lot of respect for him and, uh, and I do got his new record and, 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 and follow what he does. And it's, just, it's very cool that you're uh, keeping sharp by, uh, well, keeping your wits sharp and your, and your drumming skills sharp by, by touring with him. Are you still? Yeah, no, it is, it, it, it's great. I mean, I, I remember like, last year I did I did high school work tour. I mean, because as I said, I worked during the day as well. I worked with kids with um, emotional and behavioural difficulties. Fantastic. They work in the school, um, so that's pretty full on there anyway. Um, but I remember I, I, I'd done the high school work tour and then straight away did a dodgy tour. Yeah. This was last autumn, and um, the bass player that we got, Dodgy Stu. He was like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've been to a training camp. I said, well, it is. It's, you know, it's three hours for the article works every night. You know, it's, um, it's you do. It really is like you, you just completely sharpen yourself up. Um, and so it's great. So I know I'm going to be going into the summer really on top of my game, which is great. Well, before before we get to talk about Dodgy and, 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 and the summer, are you still uh, writing for Rhythm nowadays? No, 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 no. no. I think it can't. I, I was in a very tenuous kind of uh, 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 sort of job there, really. Anyway, I mean, I started writing bits and bobs at the end of the nineties for Louise when Louise King was was the editor. Yeah. Um, and and kind of and then she left and the sort of other editors. And the thing with music nowadays is that it's very rock based. A lot of a lot of music, young young music, is is rock and you know that kind of. Just that kind of poppy, punky, rocky stuff that just everywhere, you know. I, I can't even name half the band because that's because they all sound the same. The crap, they all sound a bit like Green Day and just uh, just rubbish, just oh. rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Yeah. Um, but it's all, and so therefore, it's a little bit metally and a little bit rock. And I think they were looking at me and going, None of our readers are going to know who this guy is. And also, <laughs> I was taking the piss, and, and the thing is, as well, is that. 
um, taking the piss and all that was kind of a nice thing. And and rock rock people rock people don't don't well they take themselves quite seriously. Yes, they do. Rockers and then sort of these kind of new metal people, and it's a very serious thing. And you know, music's important. You know, and it's very very cliche ridden, and they like all that. You know, whilst I am there to literally take the piss and and to, to, to pop bubbles and, and, and to show us a few home truths and to take the piss really. Yeah, and to also they, also have really. someone. And I, and I think they um, <laughs> and I think they. They, they, they were kind of like, well, uh, you know, and I sort of, we sort of came to an agreement and I said, look, I um, I don't really want to be doing this anymore. And they said, Dad, it's a good job because we, we need to get someone fresh in. And I said, someone that they might have heard of, you know. Oh, yeah. Because uh, a lot of the young metal kids, you know, they are, they're dead, they're dead up their own arse and they're dead serious. And so, and also, I also to a bit of an imposter there anyway because, Imposter. <laughs> well, I don't see myself as a, as a drummer. I'm not a very technically brilliant drummer. You know, I'm not. You know, you put me to some of these guys that are 17 coming out of, um, you know, music school, and they're phenomenal. You know, and a lot of the proper drummers are phenomenal. You know, I'm not, I'm no Steve Wise, and I'm not none of these guys that are, you know, technically brilliant. I, I sort of, I'm very good at blocking. I'm very good at making people think I'm good. You know, <laughs> You're also I, a very I, humble I, man, Matt. Sorry? You've got a lot of humility. Well, I, I, just, don't, I just don't, you know, so therefore if I'm writing for a drama magazine, I would just feel like a bit of an imposter there. I thought, like, someone's going to find me out soon enough that I, that I can't do it. You were uh, just, you were just uh, writing. You are writing for the wrong demographic, Matt, that's all. Yeah, if yeah, you're writing, I'm happy, you know, it is a thing that I did for a while and I loved it, it was fun. And it was great when I did have a freeway and I could take the piss. Um, but, um, what yeah. is life? What is life if one can't take the piss? Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Ex that, 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 is, um, that, that is the most important thing, really, in life. It is. It is. Yeah, and I think I've uh, created a couple of monsters in the kids because it's a very British thing and they've got two Canadian kids. Yeah, to learn that sort of, that uh, very, very nuanced sense of humour. Uh, I'm happy with it because uh, I'm the yeah. I'm usually on the receiving end, so I think I've done a good job. Um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about let's talk about dodgy because uh, being a fan since the beginning, following you has been a bit tricky. In ter in terms of, uh, and I don't mean that with any disrespect. It's it's with uh, the odd hiatus, the you know throw a split in there, come a reunion together, etc. etc. Um, you, you've you've been. Uh, You've been through a lot as a band. Now, who is who are the members of the band as it stands right now? It's it's the original members. It's me, Nigel, and Andy. So it's just um, uh, as as it always was in the beginning. Yeah. As I said, we had that brief period where uh, Nigel left. Well, a brief period about ten years. And Nigel yeah. Left. <laughs> yeah, that was quite uh, a long time. Sorry? It was a long time, and I, I mean, he was a particularly hard guy to keep track of those ten years to try and find yeah, out what he was up yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, um, it was, um, um, yeah, it was ten years, and, and we sort of linked on with this, with the, with, with the, the different lineup, um, with Dave, um, and uh, we got Nick Abnett and a guy called Chris on keyboards, and we had some really good stuff, and we had some good songs, and Dave was a great songwriter and a great singer, but it wasn't dodgy, and I loved. But it wasn't dodgy, the chemistry wasn't right, it wasn't right. We should have called ourselves something different, you know, but it's a beauty of hindsight, you can look back on that. And so that fizzled out. Um, yeah, and so, and so, you know, time to go here. And, um, 
you know, I think we'd forgot the reasons why we split up in the first place. But that's why. Well, I'm glad you did. Off. I'm glad you did because the three of you together. You know, I've seen you. I've seen you live from both sides of the pond over the years, and uh, you've got. Uh, I hate to use these cliches like chemistry, but you're you're, you're a three-piece unit that were very very tight, uh, and 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 there was it, it, it was abundantly clear to to the fan base, anyone who saw you live, that you were you having fun, you liked each other, you were, you know, you you were a creative collaborative team, and I was very disappointed, you know, all those years ago when when you you know went your separate ways, but similarly, I'm very happy that you're back together now because it makes intrinsic sense. Yeah, I mean. That, 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 I mean, what, what makes it this time around um, slightly different as well is that we've got this. We've got a new member as well. Well, new. He's been with us since 2012. A guy called Stuart Shaw, who, who yeah. plays bass and plays harp, and um, and he's brilliant. He, he he gets on with all three of us, um, and he's like a little bit of glue, you know. Um, and he's hilarious, and he's great. Loves music, loves a drink. And um, and he's brilliant, and I think that gives that gives the new dimension to the new Dodgers, uh, and um, he, he it's been great because we were always a three piece, but now we're pretty much we are really a four piece now. You know, it's uh, it's moving that direction. Well, he's, he's joined he's joined an elite an elite team, so I'm assuming that he's really adept at taking the piss. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been invited. Yeah, yeah, he's very good. He's very good at having the piss taken out of him. Oh, okay, um, both. Well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about your your uh, live events because I know that you've uh, you're going to be very very busy for the next uh, sixteen or so weeks, probably all the way into the into the autumn. So, how many festivals are you signed up for at the minute? Oh, too many, yeah. Well, we've got quite a few. We've got one each every weekend, I think. Yeah. And there, there, there's so many festivals now, darling. It's ridiculous. We've got. It's, I mean, we're, we're in the nineties. There was like literally four or five, and that was it. But now there are like hundreds. I think we've counted 300 odd festivals. You know, My goodness. All different shapes and sizes. And like, where where before, you know, a, a town would have their, their own little, say, summer fair or summer festival where they have the like, local bands. Now they're actually booking bands, booking people like us, you know. So we'll go to King's Lynn yeah. and play the play in the town square, you know. The, 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 there's things like that happening the whole time. Um, but we, 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 we've got some good good festivals to play. We're playing at uh, Kendall Calling. Yes, that's, nice. that's turned into it's a really, nice little festival, hasn't it, Kendall? Yeah, it's really nice. It's, uh, it's basically Tim Burgess has got this, this this little cafe thing that he's been doing for a while. Called yeah. Uh, and we're playing there on the Saturday, and then uh, we're also doing the Isle of Wight, which is in a couple of weeks' time, on June the 9th. We're, um, we're going over for that as well. well you, did that, you did that in um, 2011, didn't you, Matt, uh, Isle of Wight? Sorry? Weren't you in the Isle of Wight uh, five or six years ago as well? We did best of all. We did best of all um, last year, yeah. which was great. We were on the, we were on the um, main stage best of all, yeah. um, and that was fantastic. Um, but we never played the Isle of Wight Festival. We've, we've been over to the Isle of Wight a few times and done gigs over there. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. You did Cows the Week, Cows Week and whatnot. We were over for, but for the Isle of Wight Festival, we've, we've not done yet. Did so, you do some garlic so thing as well, well Matt? That we, we, we're doing this year, we're doing the Saturday of the Who, the headline, which it's, I mean, the Who are my favourite band, but, you know, I, um, I, I, I'm I not going to fool myself to think that this is going to be anywhere near the Who in their prime at all, you know. Um, I did manage to see the Who before um, 
before John Entwistle died, I saw him at um, Shippersburg Empire. Yeah. Um, and that was um, that was amazing. That was just six days after my son was born, and that was so it was sixteen years ago. Um, and that was amazing. Uh, and I'm glad I saw that with John Entwistle because that was a bit more like the Who. But now I've I've, I've seen stuff on telly. And it's, it's it's horrible. <laughs> don't sort of, don't you find? Sort of croak at the front of the stage and. You know, it, it, it's not it's not what it was. It's like a poor record of what the hell was, you know. Well, it's these these bands that they, they just don't have an understanding of when it is acceptable or advisable to hang up their boots. I mean, I, well, I, you know what? It's like I can't blame them, you know, because people still want to pay to see them. Yeah. And people still want to see. It's like I know Pete's got loads of other things he does and whatnot. But you know what? There's that feeling that there isn't anything like it, you know? When you're on stage and, and you're playing a song that you wrote in front of loads of people and they're singing it back at you. You know, you can't really replace that, you know, with editing a, <laughs> a book or trout fishing. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> there really is something quite special about that, so I can't blame them. Well, you're being a bit but harsh on trout fishing, I think, but, you know, because that, that... Yeah, but equally, I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to... Yeah. Listen, I I understand that implicitly. It's just when you know, for instance, Duran Duran are coming through town here, you know, and, and in in a, in a couple of months, and you go see Duran Duran, and it's gonna be think you're gonna look to yourself. They're wrinkly, they're decrepit, they can't pull off the fashion. To me, it yeah. is trying to trying to emulate fashion from twenty, thirty years ago, and thinking you can still pull it off in your sixties doesn't go down yeah. too well. And no, once you, no, I know, I know, some people do it well. You know, Dylan and Neil Young, they age well. Yeah. You know, there's a, you know um, but, but others don't. We can write on the back of a postage stamp the ones who can get away with it in the later years, but, you know, Duran yeah. Duran, I've seen recent pictures of them, and it's like, you know, you're having a laugh, it's this fancy dress. And then yeah. when, when you get these bands yeah. who lose, you know, all, you know, four of the five members, and you've got, like, the bassist touring under the name, which you see all too yeah, often. No, I know, I know, yeah. I know, I know. There are events now, aren't they? They are. Yeah, I've seen seen, uh, the the new faces with, you know, their resident tambourine player, the only original member. So, yeah. But the the Who, yeah, the Who were just through here, so they they, they must be knackered because they they just finished uh, the North American stint, I think, two days ago. They're all over the place. Now, so you've got you've got some nice festivals lined up. Now, what about, uh, have you got any residencies? Are you going to be playing a, a... doing a mini tour of sorts just at what you probably call normal, regular venues, or are you just mainly doing yeah, the festival? Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, we're going to do this thing um, on the 1st of June. There's this great little venue called the Convent in Stroud, yeah. um, which is literally an old convent, and the, the, the chapel there is, is all been rigged up. Uh, and I think it's the, one of the first um, tailor-made um, venues for uh, streaming live onto the net. So they've got all the cameras, all the sound equipment, and um, the technology... And you literally do the gig and it, and it streams live onto the internet and people can buy tickets to watch the, the live stream. Beautiful. Um, and we've done one there before and that was good. Yeah. And um, we and it's, it's kind of going to be 20 years of Sleepy Sweet um, on the 1st of June. Um, so we're going to go and play most of that album. Yeah. I think, depending on how much of it we can remember. And also gives us a chance to um, to play most of the new album as well. So, so it's going to be a good night. We're going to do lots of recording of it and you know, and uh, and they've got wonderful food and a free bar. Oh, well, it's, it's quite ridiculous for us. It would be rude not to attend, wouldn't it? So, exactly. so the new record, we'll, we'll talk about that in a, in a little bit, um, but when it comes to uh, 
Well, let's talk. Let's talk about the first three records as being because I think the highest position was uh, was three piece, wasn't it? It got in the top ten. You just said that and it's on tape, so. Sorry? You, you actually did just say that and it's now recorded for posterity. No, no, damn, sorry about that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but um, all the two sisters, there you go, I don't mind being in the same category. Yeah. Um, but we didn't, you know, and it sold enough for the record company to reinvest in the, the next album, which is Homegrown, which was a really, really good album, really good songs, and got, got our first top 40 from Homegrown. And that set us up for the third one. So it was a really nice trajectory and a really nice story. Yeah. And every step felt very sure and very solid. And, um, you know, we grew with confidence and we just got better and better. I agree. And, be sweet. and, and of course, that the monster hit good enough. Yeah, and that's when it all got really silly. Yeah, yeah well, I, you know, as, as a fan, I witnessed your organic growth. It was healthy, as, you know, as you allude to. It was uh, a nice, steady growth without blowing your brains out on uh, on your first record, and then then never being able to hit that that stride again, which a lot of bands do. And, and, and I, I don't know what psychological uh, aspects are responsible for that. I'm not a shrink, but we we often see uh, a killer first album, and then it just dissipates quite quite radically after that. And uh, yeah, also found as well is that um, fame um, we didn't we, well I didn't mind it but but certain members of the band they they, they, didn't, they didn't like it. it it kind of it it, it just jars it's very very weird thing um, you know and, and, I, and I'm very extremely lucky to be able to be a um, a tourist really and just to see what fame was like you know and just to see the people that you meet there when, when, when you are that famous and then when you, you do have everyone doing everything for you and you're, you're in the top 10 or you're in the top five, um, you know, you're on the front page of, you know, tabloids like Andy Miller was. And, yeah. And I got, I got Liga, Liga of the Year in the Sun, you know, <laughs> which I didn't want. But, yeah. you know, I, I, saw, I saw it right. It's very interesting. But essentially, you know, it was the beginning of the end for us. As soon as we hit, as soon as we really broke through and it got ridiculous, that was kind of at the beginning of the end. It started to fracture and things started to go wrong and relationships started to sour a little bit. Um, so I can understand that if you get really, really famous off your first record and you have to deal with that on your first record, then it's no wonder that, that, that bands can't, can't deal with it because, as I said, look, it was our third record and, and we'd, we'd had a bit of a track record anyway, but still, it's just bizarre. It's crazy stuff. Yeah, I can I can only imagine. I was you know I was in the music industry for a long time, and I was more of a spectator, you know, watching. But I I, I, I to to watch people handle their own cult of personality. There's no there's there's no guidebook. Everybody handles it their own way, uh, and it's no surprise as you say that people go off the rails. I, I always thought around about the same time as uh, I think it was actually between between uh, your your debut and Homegrown. You know, Elastica re released their their album, and you're thinking, yeah. bloody hell, this is this is a seriously. There's not one Duff track on this record. 
no second album to be seen, an, an implosion even even more premature than you'd expect. So yeah. I, I, I can't possibly comment, but I'd, li I'd like to think I'd be able to handle it, but I'm pretty sure I wouldn't. It, it's just very, very strange. It's very, very... And, and also with, with indie, kind of indie music, where it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of not cool to, to, to want fame, if you know what I mean. There was, um, you know, if you're a rock band or a pop band, that's what you wanted. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that's it, you want fame. But with India, there's always this kind of element of cool of going, oh, yeah, well, I never really want to be big. And it's that classic cliche where, where you know, we're doing this music for ourselves and yeah. if we get any success, then that's a bonus, you know. And it's, it, was, it was entrenched from punk and from indie in the 80s and the Smiths and all that kind of stuff, of kind of almost shunning fame and shunning success, even though... Selling out you know, is what it's what it used to be called, didn't it? Secure, New Order, Smith, yeah. You know, they went on to be massive bands. There was, there was this pervading type of attitude of, like, no, no, wanting to be successful is kind of uncool. You know, you kind of want to be, you know, with your fringe. And, and, and so we, we had a tiny little bit of that. Yeah. But, but we were very much more on the roses because the roses were like, now oh, fuck that, we want to be artists, you know. And yeah. So we, we, we kind of had that. We did want to be big, you know. We weren't indeed too much in that sense. But not at all costs so, Matt, right? I mean, not, not not at any cost. I mean, you wanted to be big, but you weren't... On uh, your own terms, yeah. yeah. On your own terms, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a weird one. It really is. It's uh, it, it, it come, just, just the places that you find yourself, the way people treat you. Um, the pressures that, that that happen there, and what's expected of you for the next record, and um, and um, yeah, and and just and everyone gets taken off by their own little entourage. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and before you know it, you realise you haven't spoken to your best mate, the singer, for like two weeks. You know, because he's off doing something, and you're off doing something, and and um, and you realise that that's when things get strange. You know. Yeah, yeah. I was just actually on the net, and I was looking earlier at the at the uh, the the Stroud feed. That's going to be that's coming up quick, isn't it? That's June the first. June the first, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. That's going to kind of kind of kind of kicking off the whole campaign for us. That kind of uh, we're going to be doing some filming there. We're going to do some Superb. there, um, photos. Uh, so everything's going to be sort of kicking off from that from that point. That's kind of an, an impact, and then we. Um, and then we start releasing singles and free tracks and everything leading up to the album, which is going to be released, I think, on the 2nd of September. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So, yeah, it's slated for September the 2nd. So, yeah. um, what what label is that going to be on, Matt? It's on Cherry Red. Oh, Cherry Red. Okay, fantastic. They're doing a lot of good work, aren't they? You know, which, which, which is kind of quite cyclical. We, we kind of like that because Nigel's... Uh, Nudge the Punk in the first of the record he bought was um, Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables by the Dead Kennedy. Oh, the ultimate compilation, yeah? Yeah, and that, that, <laughs> was on, that was on Cherry Red. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, and, and, and uh, we like that. I mean, cause a lot of bands and, you know, and our kind of stature are, um, are going down the old um, uh, pledge route. That's right, yeah, exactly. Pledge seems to be working really well. I mean, I just got the latest... Uh, Trash Cans and Archers uh, through Pledge, and it's a wonderful little uh, system for, for, for maintaining control and keeping your funding under control. I mean, the thing is, you are, you are pretty much servicing your fan base. Yes. You know, it's a cottage industry thing. You are, you, you, I don't know, it's a weird one. I don't know, I mean, there was a, there was a time when radio 
wouldn't really be touching any bands on the clubs because they sort of thought that the bands were over the hill. But I think that's changing again. I think that's I think, I think bands have been just on the music, not necessarily on the record label. Um, so it's not something we'd we'd poo-poo at all. I mean, I know a lot of friends who who've done it and it's worked. Um, um, uh, ultrasound. Um, Absolutely. So, um, I love ultrasound. Yeah. We've got Vanessa from the band is um is singing on the new record. Their, their, their new album's done through Coach. I mean, and they, they hit their target in three days, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's working rather well for those, you know, if, if, if you're a band or an artist who have engaged your fan base over the years, uh, they're, they're used to and they want they want to be in touch digitally and, and it's just a natural pr progression for, for everybody. For instance, you know, the new Violent Femmes album is is on is, is funded through Pledge. So, he, you know, even the new OMD uh, live at the Royal Albert Hall is another one that's seeing light of day through through Pledge. So I think it's becoming yeah, it more, sense. bigger bigger it's player. Sense. Sorry? It makes sense. I mean, what's good though is the Cherry Red have, um, they've, um, they've, 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 they've been really good actually. They've got a really good plan, a good marketing plan, um, and they've got a good, good, just a good idea. They've got some good ideas leading up to the album being released. You they know, they do very good work. And they've got a good team, so yeah. well, it's nice. It's nice to have a good record label, you know. Well, I like the way that uh, they 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 revisit the bands that they that they invest in, whether it's you know yourselves or Wooden Tops, or just picked up a House of Love live album last week, which they, they put a lot of care and attention into, and, and, I, and I love that because it's missing from the world of digital in terms of a label that can actually give you something physical that some thought and time and energy has gone into, as opposed to downloading a lossless file or whatever the heck you might be listening to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So were you? Were you yeah, so so, so um, yeah, I mean, well, well, we've done our job, you know, <laughs> we've done our job, we, we took our time over it and made sure it was the best thing we've ever done, um, and now they've got to do their job, you know. To right, oh, it's going to be available in all formats, is it, Matt? Uh, absolutely, yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, because it's changing so much, the whole digital thing, when, when we first entered into the deal a couple of years ago, uh, they were saying, well, we're not sure how Spotify's going to work. We think there's a model where we release the album and then three months later we put it on Spotify. But it's changed yeah. to the point now where they're saying now we're just going to do it simultaneously. So I'm glad about that because I I listen to most of my music through Spotify now. Um, you know, so I've got a good 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 go. Well, perhaps computer, so. perhaps we could talk about that another time because I, I was lucky enough to speak to Pete McLeod, who I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah, that's right. Alan's managing him, and uh, speaking to Pete about his new record, and he was uh, he talked uh, an awful lot about Spotify. So hopefully, Matt, we can have you on the show again because you're a joy to talk to. But yeah, course, but, but uh, I've already took up a lot of your evening. I've got two two a couple of last questions for you, if you okay. wouldn't mind, because I'll be uh, I'll send you a link, of course, when this is all ready to to be listened to. Um, could you could you uh, curate three songs? For me to play by Dodgy, so I could easily choose my own. But would you choose your three? Oh, oh, now you've, now you've, now you've. I've gone and done it, haven't I? Well, of course. What I would say is that um, um, if you can wait, well, when is it going out? I'm going to be recording the, the the podcast on Wednesday and mixing this in, so it'll see light of day on Thursday. Right. Well, I don't know if you, I don't know if it'll be um, be able to get in time because we're we're basically dropping a new track um, on, um, I think, on the week commencing May the 23rd. Um, and that, to me, is, we've got two tracks on the, on the new album. 
um, one called You Give Dogs a Bad Name and another track called uh, What Are We Fighting For? And they bookend the album. And they're two of the best tracks I've ever done. Brilliant. Ever I'll be so, playing them regardless, Matt. So that's a given. There you go. So, so just for my past, um, I would like, for, from the last album, Stone Dog Fight and Cool Place, um, I would choose um, a track called um, Did It Have To Be This Way? Yeah. Um, which is just, I think it's, we, we reached a real sublime moment there. I think it's, it, it's, um, it's really quite beautiful. It's a good, uh, that's a lovely song. That's a good choice. At its best. So I'll, I'll choose, Did It Have To Be This Way? From, from Stone Dog Fight and Cool Place. That was our, Comeback album, I think. Yeah, it was. Um, I would choose. Um, let me think. I made a three piece sweep. What would I choose? Uh, from the first album, I would choose um, Grand Old England Factory. Okay. Um, that's. Because uh, uh, um, I'm going to be quite sort of um, egotistical because I wrote that one. So I'm going to pick that one. And that's a favourite of mine from the first album. And then one more track. Um, maybe I'll choose, well, I could say Grassman. I, I, was, I was hoping you wouldn't say that because I played that last week. So it can't no, be Grassman. Why don't, why don't we say, um, uh, yeah, why don't we say one of those rivers from, um, I've picked sort of tracks that are kind of unusual. Yeah, they are. They're not, uh, they're, not, they're, not they're not obvious. So, so. If I keep it one of those rivers, which is from Free Peace Suite. Lovely. Well, that's uh, fantastic. People may have heard, we would have heard Stan Adelson, and they would have heard Good Enough, and they would have heard the singles. Yeah. So these are tracks that perhaps they wouldn't have heard. Well, good. That's that's better for you to curate that than me. So I've got it straight from the horse's mouth. And my last question, which is completely unrelated to anything football, anything right. anything music, it's you're around my place, I put the kettle on, is it a rich tea, a digestive, a bourbon, a, a, a hobnob, a garibaldi, or a custard cream? What are you going for? What with the, what with the tea? Yeah. With the tea, well, I'd, I'd want a drink. So you, you, you're going to have to take the garibaldi and the, and the bourbon and the custard cream and put those in the bin, Dara. Yeah, okay. If I'm going to drink, then what was, the, what was the first couple? Rich tea, digestive, chocolate or plain variety, doesn't matter. Rich tea or digestive? Sit down. Can I, can I go with a shortbread? You certainly can. You can be the anomaly and you can go for the shortbread. And, uh, I'll I'm... go for shortbread and a dunk. So, so you can be the tea, I'd have the dunk tea. But if, if you're not really strict about it, then, then rich tea, you can forget it. Rich tea, they're just, I don't know, I don't know why people have rich tea. They, they, they just disappear in, in the tea. So I'd go for a digestive out of the ones that you gave me. Um, and um, no chocolate on it, because again, because of the dunk. Yeah. I'm really impressed that you've took the time to be scientific about it because to me this seems, you know, to many people this is trivial. To me, this is very important. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm glad. Oh God. Oh. I'm glad that yeah, you. I mean, the, 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 I mean, I've got some proper fancy biscuits now. Uh, you know, you go to the supermarket. You know, you ask for for choice, but at the end of the day, you come back to the classics. You yeah. know, cup of tea when you've got a brew on and you just want to uh, have a cup of biscuits to dunk. You know, then you can't go wrong with a bit of shortbread, really. Absolutely. No, you, you've, you've, you've just been an absolute pleasure to talk to. I thank you so much. And uh, I, I will take the liberty of, of course, I'll send you all the links in the next uh, few days, but I'll take the liberty of asking you to join us again in the not too, uh, not too distant future. Absolutely. No, thank you um, as well. I'd love to chat to you about, about Liverpool and get all that different insights that you've got there. So uh, um, that's great, man. All the best. Uh, and, and I'll see you on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, yourself.
Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Some more dodgy for you. Did you enjoy that? That was uh, a nifty little chat with uh, with Matt. Enjoyed that very, very much. Any suggestions you might have for people that you'd like me to have a chat with that uh, won't chuck down the phone, I'd be very grateful for your input. You can email me at nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, nearperfectpitch. Uh, at Instagram, nearperfpitch. Twitter, nearperfectpitch. Facebook, and I haven't got around to any other social media as of yet, but I'm sure I'll be uh, launching more platforms in, in, in the near future. Um, so Matt, Matt had actually curated three songs for me to play, and because of my uh, my mental state after having watched that game uh, earlier today, uh, I wasn't in the best frame of mind, and I must admit that uh, I uh, I'm not wasn't the best prepared. Put it that way. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed the show, though. It was a, it was a nice reprieve. Nice to speak to Eric. Got Nab in the background here, my cousin who was uh, giving giving us a little bit of football input earlier. Um, so please uh, spread the word because it's only episode four and trying to gain a bit of momentum with this uh, with this podcast. Uh, so make sure you visit uh, visit the social media places to be able to share and share alike, and don't forget to, to contribute so you can actually uh, get your song played. And I'd be delighted to. Of course, there are parameters when it comes to requests, and I think the largest criterion of all is that uh, it has <laughs> it categorically can't be crap. So that's a very 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 subjective thing. But uh, I'll be deciding uh, I'll be deciding that. But I, I know you've got good taste. So just uh, send send them into a nearperfectpitch at gmail.com. That's it for now. And I'll get to those uh, three tracks that Matt wanted me to play that I was remiss in not putting together. Uh, because I was more concerned about drowning my sorrows in, in Mum's shepherd pie, the shepherd's pie rather, than I was uh, uh, paying attention to what I'd be playing. But uh, it's done me good to play some records and, and, and listen to them and spend some time with people that uh, I enjoy their company. So anyway, I'll be back uh, with another instalment. Episode 5 will be forthcoming uh, next week. So you'll probably be listening to this on Thursday or Friday this week. All the best. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>